Kino Go, now in Victoria. Up to 20 million can be won every three minutes. Gamble responsibly. The Kogan Money Credit Card, a great value card with rewards and no annual fee. Summer Breakfast. Good morning, everybody. Welcome once again to Summer Breakfast, the final day of January. It is the 31st. It is a Tuesday morning. It's great to have your company. And the McCafe menu today is an absolute beauty, our official coffee partner. We've got Graham Arnold, newly re-signed Socceroos head coach. Can't wait to have a chat to Arnie a little bit later on in the program. David Zarakis, our Essendon champ, retired bomber, um, former Crichton medalist, now Survivor contestant, and Beth Mooney, Cricket's Night of Nights last night. Beth just keeps on dominating the Belinda Clark medalist for the second time. Questions of that notice as well. It's been... Well, it's been a good break, but it's always great to look across at this man. Simon O'Donnell is here. Scoop, Where you been? the last time I saw you, you were 59. Happy belated birthday thank to you, you for the big you. six zero. Thank you. Thank you. How you been? Yeah, good. Where have you been? Uh, just a little staycation. Actually, it was a hectic time. Uh, although, <laughs> holidays ended yesterday for us uh, parents of school-aged yeah. children. School went back. Blimey, always good to get through the school holidays, I can tell you. Uh, it is funny how many other um, people you see who um, who have kids themselves over the holidays. Tired. Are you looking forward to school? They look at your kids. Are you looking forward to school? <laughs> We're looking forward to school going back. And the kid's like, oh, well. everyone had just had enough by the end. But uh, I did see something funny over the weekend, actually. A, a study was done in the UK that found a third of British men admit to hiding in their toilet to get some peace and quiet. In fact... Seven hours a year in the toilet was found in a survey. They're peace and quiet on the throne. Wow. It gets to that point at the end of the school holidays, it must be said. Everyone's just a bit over each other. Mm. It's time to go back. Mm. Yeah, it's time to get some private time. That's good I, to be back here with you. I think there's better spots for private time. We're not blessed with options. You remember. You'll remember. We're not blessed with options at the best of times, but that's the time where you can just we'll sneak away. the block or something. No, you can't leave the premises. He's hung, drawn and quartered oh. for doing that. Uh, good to be here, though. Um, we got a lot to get through. I, in fact, I thought I've I'd got a lot to get through. I thought I'd pair my last day, uh, my first day back at work, rather, with a trip to the dentist, just to just to salt the wound a little bit. My first trip to the dentist in. And there's nothing that quite embarrasses you, like going into the dentist and they look up on the file the last time you went there. So you're going for a checkup and a clean. I'm going for a checkup, but I I've got a pretty good feeling what the checkup's going to find. Oh, you've got a bit of a carnage. I went and booked in yesterday. Uh, as I said, there's no guilt like dentist guilt. They looked in the database and I knew it would have been a while. Uh, surname, uh, last time you were here. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, okay. Right, we'll do this, we'll do that. Already, I'm just thinking. And I've, I've experienced financial pain at the dentistry before. Ooh. I've had a crown put in, a few other things. Yeah. They're going to get me. Yeah, they are. Inflation. Yeah, if you need work. Out the other side of COVID. Yeah. And I can feel it, you know, something not quite, there's a few little yeah. bits missing back there, a little, the odd little bit of pain. Yeah, it's not a nice, not a nice space, is it? Uh, no. So I thought, you know, first day back at work, always tough. First day back at school for kids, always tough. I thought, you know what, I'll pair it with a dentist. Do you have a dentist visit. that asks you questions while he's fiddling around your mouth? I don't go often enough to know the habits of my dentist. Right, and that's okay. part of the problem. Right. So we're going today, uh, and I'll let you know how we go tomorrow, um, just to make sure the credit card is cleared. Uh, for this one. In fact, I wouldn't mind. The IMO Insurance open line, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 736 The Temper 40 Winks text as well, Scoob. 433 I'm, I'm even happy to take a couple of dentist horror stories, to be honest, just to, just to perhaps... 
just to perhaps make me feel a little bit better, a little bit better about myself when I go in there in a couple of hours' time. Um, I know I need work. I know I need work. So um, I wouldn't mind uh, some some just some some dental horror stories, whether they be financial things that you found in there. Because I'm I'm actually I'm really concerned. So the last time I went was 2018. That's coming up on five years ago now. That's embarrassing. So what That's were terrible. you before that? Were you once every two years? Oh, I'm, I'm like, probably like a lot of middle-aged men. I go when there's a problem. I, I'm reactive rather than yeah. preemptive. Yeah. So that worries. How often do you go? Oh, I'll be once every two years. Go for a bit of a clean and a you know, check-up. Yep. Um, and do you need much done or are you no, you're lucky? No, I've, I've been lucky. I haven't had. I don't reckon I've had a feeling for what? years. What? And I brush religiously. I mean... You say you're going to do all the right things. Yes, I'm going to floss, and yes, I'm going to do this. Yep. You never do. But I, I brush morning, and, and I don't eat uh, too many sugary foods, but I reckon I'm just unlucky in the old chompers department. Yeah, gee, well, I'm, 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 I'm impressed by it. Have they come along? Hey, you want to just go and do it today, and, and, and you, you want horror stories of the dentist. I, I, to make just a gutsy. soft – no, no, it's not actually. It's to make me feel <laughs> selfish, if anything. Steve's in bullet. Steve, welcome to Summer Breakfast. Hey, I've bought my dentist a couple of BMWs over the journey, so he's done very well out of me. But I remember years ago, this, I was uh, working in the hotel industry, and uh, I got a toothache on the Friday night. And it just looked, it got progressively worse over the weekend to the point on the Sunday morning I was pulling my hair out, and someone did say to me, the dental hospital is an option for emergencies. So I was ready to look, you know, I was just in absolute agony. So I, the dental hospital opened at 9 o'clock on the Sunday morning. I was sitting at the front at 8 o'clock. Anyway, they went in, little doctor comes up and goes, what do you want me to do? And he goes, oh, very bad too. So I said, tell me about it. He goes, you want me to, you want me to pull it out? I oh. said, no, nah, just, no, 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 don't pull it. What can you do? He goes, I put a hole in it and grain it and you go to your dentist. So he went and um, put the anaesthetic in and then he grained it. And I went home. I said, how long will I get some relief? He goes, about four hours. So I just sat late in the beanbag and just let let it drip out and you smell it. Oh. And, and uh, I had to go to Dennis and get a root canal done. But I was nothing worse. There's nothing worse. As I've got a bit older, you break teeth. You know, you break yeah. the one in the front so you look like a Collingwood supporter. You know, like it's, it's not a good look. Yeah, yeah. I've chipped a few at the back, Steve, um, to be honest. And that's why I'm going back today. Off the text here, 34. I've not been to the dentist since I was 15. Crikey. Oh, that's that's frightening, and maybe this is not a good idea in hindsight. No, if we're I'm, I'm, be, I'm not, Steve's painting a pretty. We should graphic. have talked about this. We probably sharp. should have, uh, but nevertheless, you should go down. We're out there now. Oh. Actually, yeah, you do hear some horror stories of oh, when yeah. the teeth get to, need to be removed, they don't come out. I, I'm a Vita Wheat man. I love my Vita Wheat biggies with a bit of cheese, sometimes a bit of veggie on the cheese, and they're they're, they're teeth breakers. Very hard. Well, I split a tooth while on holiday having some Vita Wheats and cheese and a little glass of wine at the end of the day. Yeah. Split the tooth. And I and went to the dentist and they, they x-rayed it and, and the tooth was split. And I had to come back here and actually have an operation. You know, go to an orthodontist who oh. then they, you know, they cut your gum and they, he had to cut the tooth in half and then pull one bit out and then the other bit out and then he sewed me up, sewed the gum up, which Thanks. was... Like getting a tooth pulled, but yeah. it was just any you pain. Just did half of it. Not not one bit of pain. That's good. Not one bit. Come of pain. a long way that in that regard. Oh, absolutely, come a long way. But the pain of splitting the tooth that Steve was just talking about then, that just that was incredible. Mm. Having a split tooth. Whoa. Uh Jeremy's what in Mount uh, up in Mount Gambier. There, g'day, Jezza. How you going, boys? What's happening? <laughs> How's your oh, mouth? Not much. Just, <laughs> oh, my mouth's all right. Uh, good. I had um. 
I had Rick canal surgery about two years ago, and uh, I was packing my jacks going in there thinking, oh, this is going to hurt. Everyone's told me some horror stories. Yeah. Anyway, I laid down, they gave me the anaesthetic, and uh, next minute he's waking me up. He goes, hey, mate, do you want to wake up? Your root canal's finished. I'm like, pardon? He goes, you fell asleep. I went, oh, okay. It wasn't that bad. So hopefully you'll have a good day at the dentist today. You might even fall asleep. Crikey, I've never, Jezza, that's never incredible. Snooze. And with no, oh, I've never been in danger of nodding off at the dentist. Oh, no. In fact, the exact opposite. Never. <laughs> right. oh. The heart rate's up a bit, uh, to be honest. But anyway, we're going and uh, we'll be there. We've got to do the right thing, Scoob. I uh, can't let it go on any longer. A lot of texts coming through. I'm not sure how many I'm brave enough. I'm not sure how many I'm brave enough to uh, to read out. How about this one? I had to get a molar tooth pulled out at the peak of COVID. No anaesthetic because it was deemed not COVID safe to administer a needle. What? Got the tooth what? pulled out, but never again. No. Oh, it can't be right. Well, you can't have a chomper pulled out, a molar without anaesthetic. Oh. you got to be joking. Those things. Imagine the no, don't on stop. your tooth and the, the grating of it. Oh. Too far, too far. Now, did you see Cricket's Not a Nights at the Royal Randwick uh, race course last night? Uh, I didn't watch it live, but I've read a bit about it this morning. And we'll talk about it in, throughout the... I was in Nine Eyes land. Get up at is a late quarter night? to four to come and talk to you. Not lacking in humour either. Now, the reason I raise it, though, is because you have been... Well, you've assessed Usman Khawaja's fashion sense very closely mm. over recent times. So your thoughts on his get-up for last night? Have you cited it? Uh, I've seen it, yes. The, uh, will we call it salmon or pink jacket? I'd call it burgundy, burgundy. and I'd call it velvet. Yes, a black yeah, it bow, a shine to it. Black bow tie, white shirt, but mm. then this uh, velvet burgundy number. Um, he was on fire too last night. Was he? Not all of his gags landed. Uh, he was happy to comment on how good he thought he looked. He thanked Travis Head for getting COVID um, to open the door back up to during last summer's ashes. Uh, at one point, Marnus Labuschagne tried to hurry him up in his acceptance speech because Uzi did win the community award. He won the inaugural uh, Shane Warne Test Player of the Year award as well. And he said, hey, no one hurries the people's champ. But he actually had a crack at the captain. He had a crack at Paddy Cummins. He had a crack at Paddy Cummins' uh, uh, alleged bald spot. That one didn't land oh. very well. That one didn't get the laughs he was looking for. Oh. Nevertheless, he's some of the best of Uzi uh, Kawaja on, uh, on Alan Border medal night last night. I couldn't give him the ball as much because we were playing on Raging Green Tops, um, up, as mate. it is early on during the year. <laughs> David Warner turned up, everyone. <laughs> he turned up, he's here. I'll just start by saying uh, congrats to everyone on the team. I think there's been outstanding performances. Manus, uh, Smudger... Paddy always, Gaz, amount of wickets you've taken this year, unbelievable. Um, I was just a little bit better, I think. <laughs> Looking sharp, kid. Yeah, look. As uh, you told me you would. I mean, I wore a very flary jacket at the Queensland Bulls Award a few, few years ago and they said the same thing, I was looking sharp and I'll give you the same reply. I must be going to hell because it's a sin to look this good. <laughs> that was some of Usman Kawasha last night. So your thoughts? You had a problem with wearing that trackie. Oh, that trackie. You, you, and and look, in fairness, we debated face to face. You know, we we had a chat about it. I, I didn't think he he could you know just get on a kite in that sort of gear. That was very. Hey, look at me. Look mm. at me. You know, it, he doesn't appear to be that sort of fellow. I said, mate, you've got to get your kit right when you're travelling. Well, I'm probably here to say he's got to get his kit right when he goes to a black tie function as well. <laughs> well he had the black tie, but I'm not sure the the velvet jacket floats. I'm, I'm not. Uh, uh, no? no? I liked it. 
I thought it looked good. Yeah. And what about Steve Smith, uh, a record equaling fourth time announced as uh, the Allen Border medalist? Uh, in pretty esteemed company now, likes of Ricky Ponting, Michael Clark, the only other men to have won the award four times. Um, we'll run through the rest of the awards later on, but a superb past 12 months for Steve Smith with the bat. And Beth Mooney, who we'll talk about a little bit later on, she was the Belinda Clark medalist. And I uh, just thought she'd chuck in the ODI Player of the Year for good yeah. measure as well, Beth. Absolutely dominant she's Wait, been. Your horror stories on the dentist. We're losing listeners. Where uh, some of them L- coming through, some I can't possibly. Uh, it might be working for me though, because there's no way I can be as bad as some of these coming through. They're almost not fit to read out. But Peter's called in from Doreen, and we'll always take a call scoop on the Omar Insurance open line. Of course, good day, Pete. Welcome. Hey, boys. Good morning to you. Um, yeah, I'm 66. 40 years ago, back in the days when I was playing footy, just local footy in the district league, you used to go to the chemist and get those moulded mouth guards. You put the ball in the water, oh, yeah. yeah, fit around. You don't get the. I was playing the game. I was playing at centre forward, and some guy I went to go around him, and he gave me a round arm and hit me right on the side of the mouth, and the mouth guard split all my molars. In the back, and there was a bit of a biffo after it. I spat the mouth guard out, and I wanted to have a go at him, and he hit me again. Then he put me two front teeth through the my top lip. And back in those days, when you played local footy, you used to have the St John's ambulance used to attend. So here I am in the club rooms, two front teeth, the big teeth through my lip. All my molars are split, and I had to get all my molars removed and. Basically, after I got all the work done, I only had three top teeth. And then only about a month ago, one of those teeth snapped off when I was at a restaurant eating some um, Italian food with the nice crispy bread. And I heard something crack. And I thought, oh, now now the tooth's cracked off right at the gum line. (laughs) So I didn't have any pain. But then over the weekend, it developed into an abscess. And I went to the dentist. And the dentist said, I can't do anything. with it because it's so infected that you're going to have to go on antibiotics. And I said, no, I want it out today. So I had to go through the pain of getting the injection put into the abscess, which isn't painless. It's very painful, but I just wanted to get it out. It was that bad. And I thought, no, I'm out. So now I'm left with two top teeth and a denture that I had trouble keeping in my mouth. Pete, my goodness. Uh, Have a spell. I appreciate you ringing in. Scoop, don't look at me like that, all right? What have you started? Don't look at me like that. What have you started? (laughs) Thanks, Pete, but seriously. Pete, I feel for you. That's nothing short of a rip. Into abscesses and splits. All right, all right, all right. I've got some buyer's remorse. What have you done? All right, I apologise. And I (laughs) apologise to poor old Pete up there in Coolham who's begging for us to stop talking (laughs) about (laughs) dentist uh, horror stories. Apologies uh, to you, Pete. Uh, Just uh, safe to say it got big on me. It got big on me. Well, if we've given Pete a go, we're going to have to give James a go. All right, James. Final, final call on the dentist, James. A, James is up in Hornsby. G'day, Jimmy. Please be a call to cheer yeah, us up, going, James, guys. Yeah. yeah, all right. You know, you sit in the dentist chair and the dentist sits to your side and he says, oh, this might hurt a little bit. Just let me know if it hurts, you know. So what you do is you drop your hand down between his legs, give him a tap on the inner thigh and go, you'll know when it hurts. And you make sure it will, you'll make sure he doesn't hurt you. Righto, James. Appreciate the call. Um, as well, Scoob, 
when it comes to the McCafe menu today, we've got another special guest. How about this for for one of the best lineups we've ever had? So we've got Graham Arnold, we've got David Zarakis, who's uh, joined Survivor. We've got Beth Mooney, the Belinda Clark medalist. And now, as we count down to Super Bowl 57 in Glendale outside Phoenix between the Philadelphia Eagles and the Kansas City Chiefs, we've got St Kilda player turned punter for Philly, Aaron Sipos is going to join us, who's in a real race against time to get himself fit Mm. for this uh, decider. So that's out of 7 o'clock. Can't wait for that. We'll get the latest on Aaron's injury and uh, how he's feeling heading into, well, the biggest day of his sporting life and career, Super Bowl 57 in Arizona. Can't wait for that. Aaron Sipos a little bit later on in the show. SEM Breakfast is for the Kogan Money credit card, of course. It's packed full of value. And a reminder, the Toyota Caller of the Year is back. The improved Hilux Rogue. It's wider, it's taller, it's tougher. You can visit your local Toyota dealer. We'll announce the first weekly winner next Tuesday. Temper 40 Wings text is ticking along, not with all the subject matter that Scoob had hoped for, oh. the, the Consumer's Choice well, winner, Temper Mattresses. Pillows it. Well, it just goes shocking. to show that you don't think your life's all that bad, oh. okay? So some people go through it pretty tough, don't they, when it comes to maintaining their health? Shocking. they got pillows and adjustable faces conforming to the exact shape of your body. We'll be back. I promise it won't be, won't be too many. Won't be. won't be painful after this. Kino Go, now in Victoria. Up to 20 million can be won every three minutes. Gamble responsibly. The Kogan Money Credit Card. A great value card with rewards and no annual fee. Summer Breakfast. Didn't mind this text from Alex uh, Scoob. Uh, given Craig Kelly's reputation from his playing days, one of the first things he'll be implementing at the Pies will be a pinch and a punch for the first day of the month. That's from Big Al. And a big appointment too, one that had been coming for a long time. I think we spoke about it last year, Scoob. Mm. This is a fait complete. And in the end, it was announced formally yesterday that uh, the 1990 Premiership player will be going back to where it all started in his playing days anyway as the CEO of Collingwood after a... A storied and long stint at the head of uh, of TLA, the biggest management company in our game here anyway. Some 300-odd uh, players and coaches. One of the coaches is the the coach that he's now in charge of at Collingwood, Craig McRae. So the, he's absolved himself from all TLA responsibilities, as he had to do. Yep. But imagine the what he knows is under the hood uh, across the competition and the competitive van advantage that it brings upon his uh, appointment as the head of a football club in Collingwood. It, it would be huge. Yeah, it would be huge. Um, the yeah, the intel he brings... Player uh, contracts, the league coach contracts. Quite extraordinary. But, I, know, AFL. That's all, that's all good. That's all smart. Oh, it's smart from, smart smart from Collingwood. Yep, smart yep, play. indeed. And it's been a long time coming. So that is a big appointment. Uh, another big appointment took place um, a few months ago now, and that was the appointment of Jeff Walsh at St Kilda. Now, what is going on at your football club at the Saints? Some family issues. He's uh, stepped down suddenly yesterday. Yep, family issues. He was the executive general manager of football and secure. So Dave Misson will assume the role of acting general manager of football operations to just um, uh, oversee the football program, the football department, until a more permanent um, appointment is made, we assume. But that is, as Simon Lethleen said yesterday, not ideal. No. On the eve of the season. No, it's not ideal, but again, he's not the coach. He's not. He's the executive Roscoe's general manager of football. Got his family there, Roscoe. He's right. He's Pretty fine. big appointment. He's got his people around. Pretty him, big job, Roscoe. Yeah, that's, that's, these what are they happen. doing down there at the same? Well, that's uh, his appointed five minutes aren't ago. The club's fault, are they? No, they're not. And uh, and that is what it is. I'll, I'll tell you, the rumor mill yesterday 
was absolutely raging that it was, oh, it was this, it was that. There's politics at play and there's appointments that he wasn't happy with. All that sort of stuff uh, would appear to be complete rubbish Mm -hmm. and it is as advertised. And as he said and as the club have said that unfortunately there is a family issue that he needs to take care of, Jeff Walsh. So we do wish him well and and hope it has a happy ending in that regard. But uh, clearly his time is needed elsewhere on the family front. So we wish him well. And now the Saints just have to to move on and they will. And they will. And they will. Uh, all the other Ripple in the place. pond, ripple in our pond, Sam. Had a few ripples in your pond. Over well, the last well, we love, we've had a few waves. You've had a couple of. <laughs> can you stop your players, your forwards getting injured, please? They're dropping like flies yeah, down are. there. Yeah. What's going on? Okay. You might have to suit up at this other rate. opportunities arise. Mature age recruit. Who else do we lose? We've lost a couple. We've lost a few. Yep. Kingy. Yep. And you lost another fella as well whose name just escapes me at the moment. Hey, we're coming up. I'm distracted because we're coming up to uh, – you mentioned Jack Hayes, didn't you? We're coming up to a handover to uh, to Adelaide. SENSA uh, Brecky is about to start. So if you're over there in Adelaide, sit tight. You'll hear from Jared Walsh and Bryce Gibbs straight after the news. We'll bid you farewell. If you want to keep listening to us, of course, you can do so on the SEN app. Uh, Please do. Uh, The headlines are upon us. Uh, On the other side, though, a stack of guests. Graham Arnold, Aaron Sipos over there in Philly, David Zarakis, Beth Mooney, the Belinda Clark medalist once again, and questions without notice. The Kogan Money credit card right behind us. It's packed full of value. Stay with us here on Summer Brekkie. We'll be back right after these news headlines. Big, big show to get to. Welcome back, Tom, for a sports update. All thanks to Toro. Above or below ground, you can count on Toro. As we discussed before the headlines, Collingwood uh, have officially, as of yesterday, appointed 1990 Premiership player, one of the game's most influential figures, former player manager Craig Kelly as their new CEO. This is a big appointment, Scoob. Mm, big one. Uh, a man about town joins uh, one of the biggest clubs in town. So who knows where they go from here, but there will be uh, plenty of talking points to come out of the pies this year, I'm sure. Yeah, positive uh, for Collingwood, negative for St Kilda, unfortunately. Jeff Walsh has stepped down as St Kilda's head of football four months after he was appointed, so he wasn't in the role for long. But uh, as we just discussed prior to the news, um, uh, some family issues there have uh, forced mm. uh, his hand. So Jeff Walsh leaves the Saints and Dave Misson will step in uh, to the role of head of football while they um, scurry around and see what their next move may be. I know you love your golf, so you would have followed with interest, like a lot of us have, uh, the ongoing battle between, obviously, the PGA and Live Golf. It's raged uh, in the Middle East uh, in recent days, uh, <laughs> Scoob. Uh, Patrick Reed, Rory McIlroy and others hooking up in the Hero Dubai Desert Classic uh, over the weekend. Plenty of fireworks. I mean, did you see Teagate? That's how it sort of started. Yeah. Um, there was a, an incident where... Uh, Turned out highly exaggerated incident too. It must be said that Patrick Reed tossed a tea at McElroy when they were practicing for the event. McElroy had revealed that Reed's lawyer had served him a subpoena on Christmas Eve as well. Reed called McElroy, McElroy an immature little child. So they're, they're back and forth the whole time. Reed as well involved in another um, sort of curious rules incident when he's, one of his tee shots became lodged in a palm tree. And so after all that, it was always going to be the case that the two of them were going to go head to head. Uh, and duel it out on uh, Monday morning, a delayed final round in Dubai due to the weather. And in the end, McElroy got it done. Reed bogeyed the 16th. He made par on the 17th. But Rory, uh, he hit birdies on the last two holes to finish at 19 under, one shot better than Reed. And after he nearly, I don't know if you saw this, he nearly drove his tee shot into the water, Rory McElroy. He then made a 15-footer on the final hole to win an incredible putt. Uh, but he got it done, and uh, and when it all appeared as though he'd be headed for a for a playoff, you would have been salivating if you were the 
one the TV director Perfect. and two the tournament director. As the day started to unfold over there in in Dubai, you were thinking, oh no, could we just have a playoff? Imagine it. Oh, how good would have that been for golf? Would have been fantastic. Oh, in the end, it was still been. fantastic because these these are the storylines I would argue that uh, that that sport thrives upon. Um, Steve Smith, we yep. mentioned this earlier as well, a record equaling fourth Allen Border Medal scoop. This is uh, this is sort of we're getting into rarefied air here with Steve we Smith. We are, um, yeah, he's a, he's a, he's a champ. Uh, but that all happened at the Australian Cricket Awards last night up in Sydney. Uh, Beth Mooney claimed the Belinda Clark Award as the best women's player, and we're uh, having a chat to bet about. Beth at about 20 to 8 this morning. She was the ODI player of the year as well. Usman Khawaja, he won the inaugural Shane Warne's uh, Men's Test Player of the Year Award, the Community Award as well. David Warner was the Men's ODI Player of the Year. Third time he's won that. Other awards, Marcus Stoinis was named Men's T20 Player of the Year. He had a phenomenal 12 months in the in the 20 over format. Talia McGrath was the Women's T20 Player of the Year as well. And Matt Short on a domestic front scoop. The Adelaide Strikers uh, opening bat was announced as player of this summer's Big Bash League. And Lance Morris, hey, the wild thing, uh, he was awarded Bradman Young Cricketer of the Year as well. Breakthrough summer for him at the Sheffield Shield where he's the leading wicket taker. Uh, saw him uh, called up to the Aussie Test Squad earlier in the summer as well. Yeah, had a good summer. Um, the Socceroos, uh, they had a good World Cup and Graham Arnold has been rewarded uh, with a deal to uh, coach the Aussies through to the 2026 World Cup. Um, in his press conference yesterday, Arnold uh, called on the government to increase high-performance mm. funding to create a home of football complex that um, can rival some of the best facilities in the world. But uh, good to see Graham Arnold rewarded for the efforts of the Socceroos at the World Cup. Can't wait to have a chat to him a little bit later mm. on. You know, he put that back on the... And he's been arguing for this sort of setup for a long, long time. He put that back on the agenda in the day before the Denmark game. So with everything front of mind for him over there in Doha and all the pressure and all the do-or-die elements of that, he looked up above um, all of that to... to play a bigger picture role. So, um, and his role that he's uh, signed on for at the Socceroos uh, is, is all-encompassing as well. In fact, one of the best articles the last 12 months was Andrew Webster's Sydney Morning Herald piece on Graham Arnold in the days before the World Cup. Not sure if you, you read that, but all about his upbringing, uh, family tragedy in his life growing up um, as well. So we'll have a chat to Graham Arnold later on. Can't wait for it. And just speaking of the World Game, Chelsea, uh, big winners yesterday in the fourth round of the Women's FA Cup. They rolled Liverpool. Sam Kerr, not for the first time, Scoob, the star of the show, scoring a hat-trick in the 3-2 victory. Cannot wait for the Women's World Cup. Uh, this year, Australia and New Zealand when and the Matildas. Uh, you've put me on the spot there, Scoob. I'm not sure when the exact date. Have a look at it, look it up during the news. Yeah, well, let's look it up. But, we uh, will. Let's look it up. It's, it's later on in the year anyway, and uh, I think it'll really capture the will attention of uh, the Australian sporting public uh, like nothing else. I think it's no. I'm not sure. I said gonna... October. Let's have a look at it. Uh, that sports update was for Toro. Above or below ground, you can count on uh, Toro. By the way, Premier League update, you can catch that only on Optus Sport. Arsenal, the Gunners, they just keep keeping on. Five points clear atop the uh, EPL table ahead of Man City, uh, who are second. And Newcastle, how about this? Third. Newcastle, Newcastle flying. Third. St. James Park is absolutely rocking at the moment. They've here. got the hammers. Uh, I think the uh, Hammers are going to get hammered, I think. I they? think, yeah, we've got to go up to Newcastle. I'm not I'm not counting on that as a win. You don't want to miss a second uh, of the Premier League action only on Optus Sport. Uh, we'll take a break here on uh, Summer Breakfast. Uh, I'm ignoring the rest of these dentist texts oh, no. that are coming in, Scoob. 
Uh, yes, we, we probably won't. We'll just uh, let sleeping dogs lie there. Uh, and we'll be back on Summer Brekkie. I love your company. Get involved any time on the Temper 40 Wings text 0433 98 Plenty still to come right after this. Kino Go, now in Victoria. Up to 20 million can be won every three minutes. Gamble responsibly. The Kogan Money Credit Card. A great value card with rewards and no annual fee. Summer Breakfast. It's no secret that there's been a lot of noise surrounding this week. Uh, given, I guess, who was in the chasing pack, did that spur you on? You know, I, I think mentally today was probably one of the toughest rounds I've ever had to play because it would be really easy to let your emotions get in the way. Um, and I, I just had to really concentrate on focusing on myself, uh, forget who was up there on the leaderboard. Um, and, and I did that really, really well. Um, you know, I, I feel like I, I showed a lot of mental strength out there today. And again, something to really build on for the rest of the year. <laughs> delicately asked, delicately answered. Uh, Rory McElroy and the reporter there over in Dubai dancing around the Patrick Reed presence, uh, if you like. Bo's text in as well, Scoob. DP World Tour in Dubai last night had one of the best finishes we might see in 2023 already. Reed shoots 65 to force McElroy to birdie 18 to win outright after nearly dumping in the water off his drive. Golf is going gangbusters yet again. This shows Liv and PGA need to find a solution, lads. The feeling in the air was insane. Or maybe they don't. Scoob. Maybe they don't need to find a solution. Uh, I mean, what it's what's playing out is fantastic. It's becoming a rivalry, then back on... It's spicy. Yeah, it's it's got a story. It's got a hero in some people's eyes. It's got a villain in other people's eyes, depending on what way you're aligned. So it is a ripper. Um, it is good. And Rory did speak about uh, enjoying the win, but uh, the fact that he also had plenty to work on. Look, there's been a ton of positives this week, but there's also been some things that I need to learn from and I need to try to improve on. So, um, look, I'm going to enjoy this. This was a, you know, this is probably sweeter than it than it should be or needs to be, but. Um, I feel like I've still got some stuff to work on, and but it, you know, as I said, it's a it's a it's a great start to the year, and uh, you know, a really good foundation to work work from. And Roy McElroy there uh, after the events of Dubai, so Super Bowl Fifty Seven, Scoob. Yes, I haven't seen the vision of it yet that finished last night, and I'll try and get across that today. But it's still not up with that that finished to last year's British Open. Oh yeah, yeah. That, that was one for the ages. Oh. That, I can't see that being matched. No, I wouldn't put it in that category, but it was dramatic nonetheless. Uh, so Glendale, uh, Arizona, just outside Phoenix, it is. We'll host Super Bowl 57 this year, Scoob. It's on Feb 12. We could have our third and fourth Aussies to ever play in one of the biggest uh, stages in world sport over there. Jordan Mylata, of course, for the Eagles, but his teammate is Aaron Sipos, who we're going to speak to a little bit later on, the Eagles uh, punter. Uh, in it, something of a race against time to recover from uh, his injury. So we'll get the latest from Aaron a little bit later on. The St Kilda forward uh, turn punter for the Eagles. But two dramatic championship games yesterday. Did you see any of these? So I NFC saw championship. the 49ers and the Eagles. And the yep. Eagles, they just... They Ruthless. Yeah, they were... Crushed them. Yeah, crushed them. And you could tell they were crushing them you know, from about 10 minutes in. You thought, oh, dear. As soon as they went sort of 7-0 up and you thought, oh... They're just a class above. Best record in the NFL, the Eagles. But Sam Fran were on, a, I think, a 12-game winning streak. But their quarterback issues came back to bite yeah. big time, didn't they, Sam Fran? And so, they did in the other, the qualifying mm. game for... for but um, did you see... you? So Brock, Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, you know, last pick. One of the stories of the, of the season, injured his elbow on the very first drive for San Fran. So he's his third string. He's, he's removed because he mm. can't throw anymore. He's replaced by Josh Johnson, who... <laughs> 
commentators were saying has been on 13 teams in 10 years. So you can't expect a lot from old JJ. But then he got injured, looked like the exact same injury while throwing. So Purdy had to come back on even though he couldn't throw. Mm. They just had to run the ball, didn't they? So it was 31-7 in the end. And then the Chiefs, that was a thriller. Chiefs and Bengals, the AFC Championship at Arrowhead Stadium. And Patrick Mahomes injured himself, an ankle sprain, but he uh, soldiered on to win the battle against uh, Joe Burrow. And the Bengals, I don't know, for mine, appeared to have it under control at the death. But Burrow threw a pick, then he was sacked, and then there was a dramatic late penalty for unnecessary roughness on Cincy's Joseph Asai against a tiptoeing Mahomes. And they were outside field goal range then, but the 15-yard penalty that resulted in that unnecessary roughness brought them well and truly within field goal range. And Harrison Butker stepped up to make it 23-20. So Asai, the player who gave away the penalty, mm. bit distraught doesn't do it justice. Oh. Like sobbing on the bench, inconsolable basically. Um, and uh, social media is lit up like a Christmas tree, as you, as you can imagine. But uh, the team got behind him. The coach got behind him. He has come in for a lot of criticism. But, um, mate, these are the these are the uh, the fine margins that decide these these events, aren't they? Yeah, the life-changing the events. They are. Uh, life-changing events. They are. So uh, Jordan Mylata, whose uh, story has long fascinated me, Scoop, 25 years of age, of course, fringe NRL player with South Sydney Rabbitohs to now one of the biggest uh, football games on the planet. He will play. He's a big figure in mm. the Eagles lineup, and we hope Aaron Sipos can join him. We'll get that uh, injury update from him a little bit later on. Uh, weather update today, it's cooled off a bit, hasn't it? It has cooled off a bit. What's the weather like up there in Cornwall? I light knit this morning, just uh, just to keep me going. But I've, Instead, you know, you're rocking a bit, muscle of, shirt. bit of colour. What is that exactly? A bit of a peach polo. It's a bit of a peach polo, yeah. It is peachy, yeah. I like it. Tasty. Yeah. By the way, your spuds were tasty. I ripped through those in no time over the holidays. There's some more. Uh, the call did go out last night from the better half saying, Simon's spuds were that good. Are there any more? I'll tell you what, uh, our potato... Our, um, Tomatoes are looking fantastic. I have some tomatoes for you, but Tommy's mm. really oh, fantastic. By the way, have you got much paving around your place? Have I asked you this, or are you deck? No, we're deck. You know, I went deck, but now I'm going to go paving elsewhere, and I'm very, very green on the process of paving. You're not doing it yourself, are you? No, <laughs> heaven forbid, no. A lot more goes into paving than you think. No, absolutely, would never try to bite that off. Yeah. But what works well, the size, what what sort? Yeah, exactly. I I need some update. I wouldn't dream of doing it myself. I mentioned Joseph Asai, the man who gave away that uh, penalty, um, dramatic penalty yesterday against Patrick Mahomes that ended up costing his Bengals the game. Well, this is the coach, Zach Taylor, uh, talking about Joseph Asai and the penalty. It's hard. You know, this is emotional. We worked really hard to get here. And, um, you know, any play that uh, people feel like is left out there, you're going to take it hard. And that's... We want guys like that, that this means a lot to. They care about it, care about their teammates. Um, Joseph's, jo- Joseph's comes to work every day, man. He loves ball. He loves being a part of this team, and uh, it didn't come down to that point. So there you go. That was uh, Zach Taylor there, uh, not just down to him. Uh, a lot of uh, events throughout the course of the game that decided the result. Yeah, so just paving. If anyone knows anything about paving, do I go bluestone? Do I go granite? Do I go limestone? What do I, how big? How small? I'm I... liking this topic a lot more than you coming in this morning and opening <laughs> up on the dentist. Don't talk about the war, okay? Uh, the weather update today, I mentioned it had cooled off a bit. Uh, City Power, shut down. they supply power to homes in the CBD and inner suburbs. Currently 17 degrees, headed for a well a comfortable top of 22 today, back shortly. Kino Go, now in Victoria. Up to 20 million can be won every three minutes. 
Gamble responsibly. The Kogan Money Credit Card. A great value card with rewards and no annual fee. Summer Breakfast. Welcome back. Great to have your company on a Tuesday morning. Massive show ahead of us. Graham Arnold, Aaron Sipos, David Zarakis, uh, Beth Mooney as well. Questions without notice. A lot of love for the Bluestone papers off the text here, Scoop. But you, what an audience we have. I don't know if Gary Lyon was sitting here saying the smartest audience in radio. The people come through. You realise how much you don't know. Flame Granite, um, Bluestone coming through and lots of great advice. So thank mm. you, people. Uh, know they're paving inside and out. Something I wanted to ask you about last night as a man who's well-versed in the cricket season overlapping with the footy season and vice versa, would you think it's quite strange that uh, under-10s and under-12s and under-9s pre-season football training has commenced or is commencing tonight? What? In January. Stop it. Seriously, that's true. Don't be silly, Sam. Went to cricket training last night with my young fella and there was one particular kid who uh, he's training with his cricket team. They've still got four, five, six games to go in their cricket season. His footy team was training 150 metres away on the other side of the oval. He had to literally be in two places at once. I said to my kids, boys, we can't. We'll dip our toe in the footy water. But it is January 31st. When's their season start? April April. 14. That's an AFL-style pre-season for under 10s and 12s. And their kids love their footy, so that's great. I mean, those hanging out for it, fair enough. But But who makes that decision? I don't know, but I feel like when I was... Their age, there was no way footy started that early, did it? Your foot, there was cricket season, it stopped, and then there was footy season. I just feel like footy is just encroaching more and more and more at all levels. On well, that comes from the, the top. Is it is it AFL Vic or uh, well, well, they, they, but there has to be someone at a, it's a club footy decision. club that says hmm. we start on January twenty nine or January thirty, like. That's ludicrous. And I don't know what other parents think, but you are in danger of oversubscribing your kids. You know, there's lots of studies done on that. With school going back as well, the anxiety and the stress associated Mm. with that. They're doing swimming lessons. They're doing cricket. They're doing tennis. They're doing whatever they're doing, ballet, gymnastics. And then footy comes in on January 30th. It's like, God, can you What's a coach do with an under-10 team from January to April? Find out tonight. Under-12s, actually. I'll be there. Under twelves and my youngest under nine starts next week. So if you if you how many times do the kids train for cricket? Under twelves. Oh, okay. Under, once I was or twice. Once, once. Once. But under twelves footy moves to two days a week. So these kids are eleven years of age, wow. and they're training Weird. Tuesday and Thursdays, and a game obviously on a Sunday. I'm fascinated what they do. Yeah. Well, how, how do you keep kids entertained from now until April? Well, of course, training for football. I think they live and breathe it. Of course, some of the kids, so they they love it. That that part of it won't be a problem. But I just think, how early do they need to start? That's a long, long preparation campaign to figure out what snake you're going to have at half time, or whether you're going to get three oranges in. Mm. Jeez, it gets serious quickly, doesn't it? At under 12s Too level, quick. especially. Too quick. It does, yeah. Toyota Caller of the Year is back. The improved Hilux Rogue. It's wider, it's taller, it's tougher. Visit your local Toyota dealer. We'll announce the first weekly winner next Tuesday. On the other side of these news headlines, Scoob, we're going to go stateside. Can't wait for this. Mm. Uh, Philadelphia Eagles punter. Saints forward turn NFL punter. In fact, Aaron Sipos is going to join us. Uh, he is desperately trying to prove his fitness to take place in Super Bowl 57. So we'll have a chat to Aaron Sipos on the other side of these headlines. And we'd love your company as well. one 736 736 right throughout the morning. Back after this.
Casino Go, now in Victoria. Up to 20 million can be won every three minutes. Gamble responsibly. The Kogan Money Credit Card, a great value card with rewards and no annual fee. Summer Breakfast. Welcome back. Welcome back. Great to have your company on a Tuesday morning. The McCafe menu today. Graham Arnold, Socceroos head coach, are newly re-signed as well. Looking forward to having a chat with Arnie. Aaron Sipos, hopefully not too far away over there in uh, Philadelphia. We'll try to get him on the line shortly. Uh, David Zarakis, the retired bomber and survivor contestant. That hit the small screen last night. And Beth Mooney, uh, again, the Belinda Clark medalist. Uh, your company is welcome. one 300 Seven three six seven three six. A lot of texts coming through on footy preseason. Quite if, extraordinary. If you're at Yarrambat and you're playing under twelves, you started at the start of November. Wow, we. My son's under twelves have been training since October, coming through. And uh, I know one junior footy club in Tassie where teams are training from September onwards, and the kids are expected to prioritise it over cricket and other sports uh, trainings. That's from James in Hobart. And I know the kids need to get rid of the en- energy, and they've been probably mm. climbing the walls at home over the school holiday period, and that's all fair enough. But it does strike me as being a tad, a tad over the top for kids who are essentially uh, playing for fun at this stage of their footballing journeys. Yeah, but anywho. Fine, they're in competitive games. I don't mind that, but you know, three-month lead-in for a kid takes about 14 days. It does. Just put the foot in his hand, start <laughs> kicking it, and say you're at centre forward next week. <laughs> hey, Aaron Sipos could be less than a fortnight away, Scoob, from the biggest day night of his sporting career. His Philadelphia Eagles have advanced to Super Bowl 57, of course, against the Kansas City Chiefs. And now the former Saints forward just has to shake that ankle injury that's been bothering him since December. To let us in on the latest is the man himself, Aaron Sipos. Uh, good morning from, uh, from our side of the world, and, and welcome to SEN. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. How you, how you feeling, mate? How's how is the body? And it's a it's an anxious time for you, I'm sure, uh, with everything going on. But why don't you let us in if you can on where things are at with you physically and the ankle that's had your sideline for a while? Yeah, look, I'm actually uh, I'm actually feeling pretty good. Um, I uh, I could have actually played on the weekend, just gone. Um, but uh, look, just. Uh, just a matter of kind of, you know, uh, roster movements and things like that, which makes it um, a little bit interesting to kind of get it back out there. But, um, look, I'm, I'm ready to go, and uh, I'm looking forward to hopefully being out there in, in two weeks' time. So have you been told at this point in time, Aaron, or are we a bit early in terms of uh, your, your place in the, in the squad for, for February 12th? Yeah, I can't. I can't provide any details right now. I'm not. I'm not too sure is the case. But um, all I can do is just put my uh, my foot forward and um, keep progressing really well in terms of the treatment and and uh, all the all the stuff that they need me to do from a physical point of view. Um, and then hopefully I, I soon I find out sooner rather than later. And what's exactly been the problem with the ankle? Uh, actually, uh, I tore uh, my deltoid ligament, which is the inside part of the ankle, um, underneath a knuckle there, and then I ha- had a high ankle sprain. So I actually uh, had a pretty significant injury where originally I thought I was going to have to have surgery, but um turned out that I could uh, I could avoid the surgery with some uh, pretty serious rehab and that, and now I've uh, given myself every chance to be able to be out there in, in two weeks. It's fascinating watching uh, the games and, and the... You know the offensive team and the defensive team and the, and the changes that happen. I'm assuming in the medical room you've got the best of everything as well to get you over these sorts of injuries. Yeah, look, the the, the medical staff here and uh, have been fantastic in terms of being able to provide all everything that's needed to 
to get myself right and um, you know not just the medical staff but the, the strength and conditioning staff too to, to get that power and um, you know explosiveness back to to get myself back to 100 percent so it's um, it's a well-oiled machine here and um, you know credits them to be able to get me get myself back up to to be able to be part of it. Obviously, Aaron, you spent a bit of time watching over the last uh, month or so and you've absorbed, uh, obviously, your team's run to, to the biggest game of them all. I mean, what a journey, mate. I mean, how are you processing it all individually, I suppose, to be in the position that you're in? I mean, is it is it sort of sunk in? Not really, to be honest. It, it, it is going to probably take another day or two, I think, just to realise the the, uh, the occasion and... Uh, what I'm, I'm getting myself into, but um, you know, it's, a, it's an awesome experience so far, and obviously the the job's not done yet. But um, you know, yeah, yeah, it's unbelievable to still be a part of the team and see how well they've they've played in the last kind of month or so to to get ourselves in this position, and um, everyone's pretty excited, you know, to to achieve this common goal. Do you know much about the build up to yeah, what happens the Super Bowl? Yeah. What what happens to you guys as a club and your training? Those sorts of things. Yeah, it's a pretty hectic next couple of weeks. I know that um, I know that uh, you know a few of the guys that are that are on the team right now had the the experience of being able to win one, um, you know, five years ago. So I've been trying to get a bit of an idea about how it works. But you know, the first week we um, will spend the rest of the week here in Philly, just kind of preparing ourselves, and then um, the second week we basically go to Arizona and spend the week out there. There's a, a lot of media obligations and that that are involved with it, and. Um, yes, it's a it's a big uh, occasion, not only I guess for the players, but I guess a, a lot of other media outlets and that too. So um, yeah, it's obviously a, an exciting time and um, something you definitely want to be a part of. How's the ticket request going, Aaron? <laughs> no, they haven't they haven't been too bad just yet. Um, so I don't have to I don't have to give anyone anyone a hard time right now. But uh, no, it's obviously uh, yeah, good. It's it's awesome. I've had lots of messages from people, obviously, with the congratulating uh, myself, which is which has been awesome. And um, you know, a lot of people from at home are, are still following. So a, a twist to your couple of weeks leading into the Super Bowl, Aaron. One is proving your fitness and making sure that everything's mm. okay. And then, yep. how is how's news transferred within within that group? Is there a, a a chairman of selectors that sort of thing that you would have experienced hmm. in footy that taps you on the shoulder and says, "You know, hey, Aaron, you're in." Or <laughs> yeah. how does no, how do you expect that to roll out? <laughs> that, that's basically how it works. Uh, you know, my head coach and um, general manager of the organisation basically will just give me the tap on the shoulder and either give me the they give me the yay or the nay. So, um, you know, as I said, I, hopefully that's kind of sooner rather than later. Um, you know, as I said, I, I've, I've proven all the, the physical side of things um, to show that I'm 100% ready to go. So um, the organisation is definitely, you know, well aware of that. And, um, yeah, now it's basically just a call on them to... Um, see what they want to do. Aaron, I'm sure you get asked this a lot, but you're at uh, St Kilda, you're in the AFL system for what, five years, four or five years. I mean, how does it compare? I mean, the whole bag, the the facilities, the media scrutiny, um, your teammates, the way you go about it week to week. What, what, can you draw a comparison at all? No, in all honesty, it is quite tough to kind of compare the two differences. Um, you know, obviously, you know, in Australia, we think it's obviously such a high, mm. um, you know, caliber and, and things like that, which I'm well aware of. But over here, it just seems like it's 10 times as much. Just every, um, you know, everybody's out there to kind of scrutinize or, 
Um, you know, obviously give you the, the accolades that you deserve as well. But, um, yeah, I mean, the organization itself is just, you know, just it's just incredibly different compared to what the AFL is like too. So it is hard to compare and um, it's probably going to be even harder to compare in a couple of weeks' time when we go and experience the Super Bowl. Um, you know, I obviously was, you know, not fortunate enough to... Um, be part of an AFL grand final day. Um, so, again, probably couldn't compare that either, but um, I know this is going to, 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 to be a huge occasion. How do you handle the game itself, Aaron? Because you're on and off. You sort of switch on, you switch off. You, you know, the, the defensive line comes out and the offensive line, all, all the things that happen, and then you come into the game at, at, at an important period only for a moment and then off you go again. How is that mentally on you as, as a punter? Yeah, I think I've just got to, got to stay engaged in the game as, as best I possibly can. Um, you know, I, I'm definitely kind of concentrating on my own thing when the offense is out there um, on the field because, um, you know, if I, obviously if the offense don't quite get the job done, then that's my turn to go out there and do my thing. And then I kind of, I kind of switch off a little bit when our defense is out there just to kind of, um, you know, take a moment to myself and, and and relax. And then, again, when the offense goes out there, that's when I switch back on, um, you know, and getting prepared for what I need to do in case I'm called upon to, to go out there. So uh, that's just kind of that's just kind of the thing that I've kind of got into. A bit of a rhythm probably is, is the right word to say. And, um, you know, so far it's kind of uh, worked out well for me. I don't know if you've got a relationship with Jordan Mylarder at all, uh, Aaron, but obviously the two Aussies uh, potentially playing in the same Super Bowl is is something special. Um, do, do, do you two speak about that at all? I mean, do you have a relationship with, with Jordan? Yeah, Jordan and I actually get along really, really well. He's... Uh... He he he's a great person, and uh, we've built a really good relationship. And um, you know, he's actually getting married later in the year. That we're, we're going to his wedding and that too. So that'll be that'll be quite nice. So he's a he's a great person, and obviously, the, you know, something that we're looking forward to being able to achieving um, together. Obviously, mm. his story is pretty unique too, and um, something that the, should definitely be recognised. And um, yeah, just the journey that we've kind of taken. You know, kind of different paths, but all wanting to be able to achieve the same goal is is pretty cool. What's it like training in, I, I suppose, the, the, the group of players? It is so diverse. You've yeah. got guys who probably can run 100 metres in, in 10 seconds. You've got others that probably yeah. run 100 metres in 16 can, can, seconds. Can eat 100 chooks in 10 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> what, what is that very, like very walking very into true. the room thinking, you know, uh, all those different yeah. sizes, cultures, cultures personalities yeah. in there? Yeah, it's crazy. It's a it's a very unique locker room. I could say that much, and I'm sure that's not just where uh, where I am. I'm sure that's for all 32 teams in the NFL. Just uh, it's very unique, but um, I think we do an incredible job here in terms of bringing that all together um, to be able to you know go on you know, this common journey to to be able to achieve a, a big thing. And um, we you know our locker room here is incredible. Guys get along really really well and. Um, it's incredible to see um, the different type of athletes, uh, if you call if you can call some of them an athlete, but that's that's how it works, which is great. And <laughs> you know, there's some there's honestly some guys here that are six foot eight and they can still run under five second, forty yard kind of you know sprint. It's it's incredible. They're just they just move so well. And then obviously you got the big wide, you know, the, the the quick wide receivers and that that are incredible to watch in terms of their speed and. Uh, that's what probably makes this game so unique is that there's so many different roles that are 
that are needed to be able to kind of go out there and execute. Aaron, before we let you go, I mean, away from the game, how have you adjusted to life in Philadelphia? I mean, your accent is still uh, absolutely pure, I reckon I can say, Scooby. He hasn't faded <laughs> one um, um, no one iota, no twang at all. So what, what's life like in no. Philly? Yeah, no, it's, it's been incredible. Um, this city is is uh is great to be able to live in and you know obviously the fans here embrace everything and uh maybe a bit too much at times but you probably wouldn't have it any other way and um yeah life in philadelphia has been great so far and hopefully i can call it home for a little bit longer um and then once it's all said and done it'll be it'll be time to head home but um for now it's been unbelievable and as i said looking forward to to being here a little bit longer Mate, we'll let you go. We really appreciate you being so generous with your time and, and sharing some of your insights with us. Uh, it's a, just such a great journey you're on. We wish you all the best with it and I uh, can't wait to watch you on, on February 12. Good luck. Thanks, guys. I appreciate you having me on. There's Aaron Sipos uh, there, former Saints forward turn Philadelphia Eagles punter. And a reminder, of course, he's going to be. Jared Waitley and the SEN team will be over there stateside to call the Super Bowl live for us. It's Melbourne time. It's 9 a.m. Monday morning, February the 13th. I, I could have spoken to him for, for hours upon hours. I mean, it's so cutthroat over there too. I mean, we didn't get into this, but every every snap, every catch, every kick, every punt, Every throw, I mean, he's dissected to within an inch of its life, especially with him and um, his lot in special teams where we've, we've seen it in years gone by. A couple of bad punts is sort of career over. Yeah. So yeah. he's done amazingly well. We wish him well. Obviously, he's got that ankle injury. It sounds as though he's going to play, and we certainly hope that's the case. Well, is the number... They always yep. go back to their number one. Yeah, hopefully he's. It sounds as though he's really confident mm-hmm. he's going to get himself right as well to to play. So we wish him and Jordan Mailata and the the Eagles well. Super Bowl Fifty Seven in Glendale, Arizona against the Kansas City Chiefs. We'll take a break here on Summer Breakfast. We'll be back right up. Kino Go now in Victoria. Up to twenty million can be won every three minutes. Gamble responsibly. The Kogan Money Credit Card, a great value card with rewards and no annual fee. Summer Breakfast. Love that chat with Aaron Sipos again. I mean, if we could have asked him a couple of other questions, I'd just love to know. So the build-up to the Super Bowl, a couple of weeks long, you're special teams, you're a punter. So everything comes down to just, you know, four or five seconds of skill execution. The build-up, the scrutiny, the pressure. Like if the Eagles have the ball first and they have to punt, which is every chance, he's going to go out there in the middle of the Super Bowl. The eyes of the world on him and he's got to catch the snap. He's got hordes running at him. He's got to kick it as high and as far as he can. He's got to execute. I mean, can you imagine the nerves going out there for, for us or the layman going out there? How you process that mentally? The massive build-up all for one kick and the how important that kick might be for your team. It's What's huge. the idea of the kick in, in a perfect world? Hang time. And so distance. your players can get down and tackle. Exactly. They don't Field get, position. They can't run back as far. Hang time, I think, would be just as important, if not more important, than than distance. And oh, again, he came through pro kick with Nathan Chapman and that crew. I mean, there's a real community of punters there in the states mm. now. You know, um, come so so far since the Darren Bennett days. You know, at college level, at NFL level. You know, I wonder what sort of involvement he has with those. You, you'd think sounds like a ripping fella. You'd think he lends his expertise to to that side of thing still as well. And I think he'll be back in the country after the Super Bowl. I'm sure he'll jump on with Gary and Tim uh, to dissect it all. Awkward ball to kick, isn't it? Uh, it's actually easier ball. to get a hold of than a footy. Is it? Yeah. It's easier it to smaller? get a smaller, pointier, easier to barrel. And, easier and to he, he will kick that in the in the centre where it's at its widest? In the belly. Yeah, the yeah. belly of it. So you want it to, so it's going to go up like a torp 
but then you want it to nose down as well. So you want it to go up and down so it gets the most hang time, the most distance. It's a wow. real skill, obviously. Yeah. And um, his flexibility and his, um, you know, everything about the mechanics of it just take a lot of adjustment even for – and he was a booming kick in his He was, and days. he used to follow through. He had a beautiful yep. – um, style when he kicked. And That's as Colin in Altona style. Meadows points out, the Eagles replacement punter was only average, so I expect Sipos to play if fit. There was some talk about them, you know, getting a gun for hire as well. The Eagles, they can go and sign someone just for the Super Bowl only, mm. but that would be real um, break glass in case of emergency. Um, a lot of footy news around, which we touched on earlier. Um, maybe we'll start with Craig Kelly, who uh, has joined Collingwood um, had been coming for a long time, uh, the former head of TLA, uh, the management company that he founded, uh, that he's now divested himself of. He's now the CEO of Collingwood. That was made official yesterday. We touched on it, but again, the competitive advantage. I mean, if there is a comparison, and I think it has already been made, is to 12 months earlier when you know Steve Hocking returns to Geelong, having been the AFL's football boss and... In that role as the AFL football boss, he actually was quite active. He's the agent for change, if you like, instituting a raft of tweaks and rule changes to speed up the game. Mm. And then he comes in and joins Geelong. The competitive advantage with that will be mirrored here, I think, with Craig Kelly taking charge, albeit in a different guise, but taking charge of the club that he played for. It'll be huge. Yeah, and I think people now realise the role of administration within footy clubs is massively important, massively important. So to have that intel at at the... uh, at the top of the tree is is fantastic, and you know, I think clubs more and more are going towards that ex AFL employee that's been in in high um, executive positions to come out to their to football clubs because that that is huge intel to be able to think alongside of what the AFL are up to and how the system works. And his knowledge of what the pay structure looks like across the comp and the the market and the value of players and what it's going to be and what it has been will be almost unique. I mean, he's coming in to a club who, let's be honest, historically has had its salary cap concerns Mm. uh, and he's still pretty tight in the cap. So, he comes in as an absolute expert in this space. Um, all the diversifying of business interests from Collingwood, which again has given them grief over time, his off-field expertise as much as anything, even away from the ground, will be enormous for the Pies. There was a statement I read somewhere, and I'm just trying to find it this morning, where he said, you know, and, and you know, he won't be interfering in... in um, um, decisions made by list managers, and, and I thought... What a load of garbage to be the first meeting he goes to. Of course he will. He says, right, I'll tell you, you know, Edmund's not happy. Um, now you should, we should be start talking. You should start talking to him now, and all that sort of, all that inside stuff is just, you know, money can't pay for that. No, you just can't buy that. He's got his son on the list, of course, but again, that's not a situation that is uh, unique. Obviously, the Reeves over at uh, over at Hawthorne as well, and one of his uh, old clients, if you like, just so happens to be the Collingwood coach now, Craig McRae. But um, he did speak with Dwayne Russell yesterday, Craig Kelly, upon his appointment. Let's have a listen to a bit of uh, Ned with uh, the pipe yesterday. Uh, the TLA business has uh, got sold uh, a number of years ago, three or four years ago, and I've been the CEO there. And I'm stepping down from all those uh, those roles within that business. Um, Tom Batoro and the guys there in the AFL business have been running a great shop there for a long while, and I, I can't remember ever last three or four years attending an AFL meeting, looking at and or certainly managing AFL players, uh, current players. 
looked after a few coaches and obviously my main business was looking after 120 staff and managing some of you lunatic um, media clients. Yeah. He's not backwards, he's coming forward. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how he navigates, I guess, the more public um, side of the role as well, Scoob, because uh, he has been one to not suffer fools over the journey. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see where what Collingwood bring to the table this year. I mean, all those close games, they, they just, you know, they, they won mm. numerous of them last year. Um, Can it be repeated? They get to a preliminary final and, you know, they're a kick away from a grand final. I mean, there's a lot there to like, but you've got to keep that momentum going. So they seem to be making all the right noises and, and they're looking good. And you know, I love their coach. I just think he's a... He's a beauty. They're, they're onto a ripper there. He's a ripper. Uh, another text on Aaron Sipos here. Traditional punting is the torpedo style, but more times now they use the drop punt, which uh, the Aussies have brought into the game. It's more accurate, and the aim is to get the opposite team uh, as close to your end zone as possible. You're dead right, Dan. You want to pin them on the, the one-yard line one yard line if you can. Well, the, the Yanks used to call it the end-over-end punt. I'm not sure if they use a drop punt terminology these days, mm. but um, you can get the hang time with that, of course, as well. Just not necessarily the distance, but sometimes it calls for hang time, and it... it, it it See, calls for when some you're close saying control. the torpedo or our torpedo, mm. so it sort of goes up and then hit, hits it, and it literally its apex the and point comes back down. starts coming yeah. back down. Yeah, and yeah. that's because of the shape of the. You ball. want to give your special teams guys enough time to get down there and and do exactly what Dan's mentioning there. Pin them on the on the one yard line if you can. Make it really but, hard for but, them to go. Because the length it's of the got field. those pointy ends, it, it it appears like it's a plane. It goes up with the point going up. It's and definitely. Then, Easy when to get it loses a hold of. that momentum, it yeah. comes down. It doesn't come down floating on its belly. It comes down actually with the point on the way down as well. Uh, we'll hear a bit more from Craig Kelly uh, a little bit later on after the news. Uh, he covered a range of topics with Dwayne Russell yesterday. We'll talk a little bit further around the matters at your old club as well, Scoob, with uh, Jeff Walsh stepping aside just a matter of months after taking the job as the Executive General Manager of Football at Moorabbin. You can get involved, of course, on the temper 40 Winks text. Get your unique bed match profile. Find the right bed just for you. 40 Winks, they're serious about sleep. Cloudy, then sunny afternoon in Melbourne today, 23. The UV index predicted to reach 11 thanks to some smart, then cloudy tomorrow, 22. And the run home with Andy Marr and Andrew Gaze is back this afternoon from 3 on SEN. I oh, know I'll do a good job. I know that uh, I know I know what to do. I've thrown enough hand grenades at CEOs of clubs for the last number of years and said they're doing an average job, so I better step up to the plate and deliver. So that's that's reality of the industry we're in. It's pretty cutthroat and it'll be what it is and uh, hopefully we do it in a way that's respectful and uh, we get the result uh, for our supporters. That's what counts. That was a bit of Craig Kelly yesterday with Dwayne Russell. Um, and Will Kelly, who we touched on, his son, is probably um, he's at the crossroads. This is a massive year for him. Um, but this is a club that's not immune to to famous fathers and sons who have obviously moved on from the club. Think Cloaks, um, the Browns, obviously, most mm-hmm. recently as well. Uh, the brothers, the Shaws, of course, have, have all come and gone in, in recent times as well, albeit he is the CEO. But um, we're talking AFL football here. Conflicts of interest are, are par for the course. And he's not going to be, as you said, on the list management team, at least officially. Yeah. But um, if it is to be that we'll doesn't quite uh, make it. We hope that he does. But if he doesn't, then it's not going to be the end of the world from a conflict point of view. I wouldn't have thought at that club. No. No, Move I, on. Yes, correct. Correct. And I, I think Ned's been around sport long enough and you know, his uh, his team would know the, the ins and outs and the hard roads. And they're generally all hard roads. There's no easy roads in sport. And you've got to, you've got to 
be able to live through the, the, those emotional ups and downs. That, that's that's a part of it. And mm. I reckon Ned would have been um, Ned and Moo. Yep, his wife Moo would have been um, a pretty pretty uh, open on all those sorts of challenges that are going to face the kids as they're growing up. It will be a massive year for Collingwood, won't it? For all clubs. I mean, we're getting there now, Scoop. And we're not too far away from uh, from really getting into it. Just the one pre-season game, of course, this year. And the clubs will play a bunch of uh, of unofficial ones, uh, if you like. But whether the Pies can uh, repeat uh, the success of their close games uh, last year will be seen. And Darcy Moore looking good on the track, though, I see. This mm-hmm. is a weekly topic of conversation almost daily down there uh, for track watchers at Collingwood. But... He's going to be right, I think, Darcy Moore, the the, uh, the influential defender. He's going to be they right. Haven't done the skipper at Collingwood yet, nope. have they? They have not. And I noticed that uh, he's GW... going to be it, isn't he, Darcy Moore? Uh, I wouldn't say that. No, not for certain. I wouldn't oh. say. I reckon they've got a few contenders. I've been trotting him out doing a few media interviews and whatever when they were down at the camp at Lawn. Yeah, you know, Darcy was sort of the, the spokesperson. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Well, as a betting man, I'd have a couple of bob on Darcy. <laughs> We better take a break because on the other side of this, we're going to catch up with the uh, two-time now Belinda Clark medalist Beth Mooney. Also, she thought she'd add ODI Player of the Year for good measure as well. What a, an amazing 12 months she has had with the Australian women's cricket team and what a last 12 months the team has had as well, just taking all before them. Uh, Beth Mooney's going to join us on the other side of this. Kino Go, now in Victoria. Up to 20 million can be won every three minutes. Gamble responsibly. The Kogan Money Credit Card. A great value card with rewards and no annual fee. Summer Breakfast. Well, Beth Mooney, Scoob, had a scintillating season, although it is hard to tell when the season starts and ends these days. There's so much well, cricket Beth being <laughs> It's been an incredible year for the Australian women's cricket team, though. Retained the Ashes on home soil, reclaimed the coveted World Cup New Zealand, won gold at the Commonwealth Games over there in Birmingham as well. And as we said, a large part of that success was down to the form of Mooney, who last night claimed her second Belinda Clark medal and took home the ODI, ODI Player of the Year crown as well. Beth, good morning to you. Congratulations and welcome back to SEN. Good morning. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Did you leave anything for anyone else last night? or? <laughs> oh, I was a bit shocked, to be honest, to um, even be in the running. So I thought um, Talia and, and Ash had a good year, and we played so much cricket. It was, hmm. you know, and had, had a lot of success, too. So, um, you know, you're never really thinking that you're in the mix until they call your name, really. Beth, when does the season start and finish? <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's a blurry line there, isn't there? I think it encompasses sort of the 12 months prior to when the awards happen. So um, some things are included, some aren't. But, um, yeah, essentially it's the back end of last summer and, and most of this summer. So uh, I can't I can't really tell. I don't know who comes up with it. You see a lot of successful teams, Beth, no matter what the sport, you know, when they're having success, it, it just seems, you know, that it's a, a really happy environment, a, a happy group. That appears very much the case with the Australian mm. women's cricket team. Absolutely. I think um, I alluded to it a little bit last night to a great group of players and staff. And we spend a lot of time together too. We're travelling the world a lot now and, and not spending a whole lot of time at home. So it's really important that we're creating that kind of culture where we can um, enjoy each other's company, but also enjoy each other's success and, and put our mind toward the goal in front of us. 
Beth, you, you spoke, uh, one of the other things you touched on last night that caught my ear was, I guess, the bigger picture of, of the growth of the game. And we see it across a number of sports, uh, thankfully, now when it comes to, to the women's side of things. And, I mean, your upbringing you touched on, you know, growing up in Shepparton that, you know, back then it was it was a dream and it was only a dream. I mean, you had to make do with, you know, I think fielding even at fine leg just to get a game in the men's teams. I mean, the growth of the game in your time must make you feel good as well. Yeah, I think there's... Um... There's no end to the, there's no ceiling, I guess, for where women's career can go. And, and when I was young, I certainly thought there was and um, there weren't that many opportunities. But thankfully, Cricket Australia and, and the, in partnership with the ACA have, have made sure there are plenty of opportunities, not just for the Australian women's team, but for, for young girls growing up and um, young domestic players and things like that and Australia A programs. So um, there are more opportunities out there now than I can then, then I know, so I think that's the most exciting part. So, at the risk of straying into the, you know, the personal too much here, but is it possible to to make a living almost exclusively from 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 cricket now at your level, or is that still in the future? No, absolutely. We're all um, full time cricketers at the moment here in the Australian team, and um, the domestic the domestic system sort of semi professional mm. or, or part time as we we call it, but we're heading in the right direction, that's for sure, um, and. You know the the time that we can spend to hone our skills and get the mental side of the game right and, and learn about each other is is vastly important in making sure that we're a successful team and and we could only do that with the investment of Cricket Australia in that. So um, yeah, we're we're fortunately we're very fortunate to to be able to call this our job. Beth, would you like to see more Test match cricket mm. for the women's team? You pretty much dominated with. T20s and, and one day internationals. Uh, would you like to see some more long form? Yeah, I think there is certainly opportunity for that. Um, we, we've spoken about it amongst our own group and we'd love to be playing a lot more red ball cricket, um, but we've got to find the right balance between making sure it's against, it's helping other countries as well. So um, I think that, that multi-format series that we play in the Ashes, um, where we play three ODIs, three T20s and one test is probably the way forward for us getting more test matches in the calendar year. And um, next, sum- next summer will be a good one. We've got, I think we've got a couple of those series. So, um, yeah, we're, we're heading in the right direction there. But we, we know we're not, we're not going to be able to sell our game or grow our game if we just play five test match series because that's not the... That's not what we've grown up with either. So, um, yeah, we're sort of getting there, but we'll, we'll see what happens. So, Beth, some of the numbers for the Belinda Clark. I mean, 976 runs, uh, an outstanding, uh, ridiculous, to be honest, Scoop. 65.1 with the bat, 62, that that really hot 62 in the World Cup final as well. But you've been, uh, I guess, among the most consistent performers for a number of years now. Obviously, you claimed the award in, in 2021, and you've taken all before you in the WBBL. What, what, what's the key to your consistency, do you think, Beth, that you've been able to string it together, you know, back it up consistently over the last few years? Um, good question. I think I'd try and sell it if I if I knew the answer to that. I think there'd be some people lining up to know. So um, I'm not too sure. I think I'm fortunate to work with some pretty good coaches in WA and at the Scorchers and obviously in the Australian team who there's a lot of collaboration when it comes to um, wanting to evolve and get better as an athlete in that team. So um yeah, I've had a, a lot of coaches throw me balls and, and have conversations with me. And, you know, Shell's done a lot of that. Motti did a lot of that. Um, so, yeah, I, I can't really put my finger on it, but I, I do think that 
having a good relationship with the, the people that you work with and trusting them and their judgment um, helps along the way for sure. Beth, what's the toughest part of your caper? Mm. You've watched the game change so much in the last few years and and you talk about the travel and, and you're away from home. You're now full-time professionals. What's the toughest part of it all? Uh, I think we've probably, hopefully, we've seen the end of the toughest part in, in that we, you know, we were in those COVID bubbles for a long time. But um, I think it's probably heading forward. It's probably managing all of the games and, and cricket coming up and making sure that we we're as fit as we can be both mentally and physically. And you know, um, I think we're at a point now where as female players, we can't play in all of it. Obviously we've got the, the women's premier league kicking off in March and then the, the women's hundred that happens in the UK plus the WBBL. So I think we're heading in a direction where we, we have to manage ourselves a bit better in terms of, our load and, and what we're making ourselves available for. So I think that will present a number of different challenges, but hopefully we've got the right systems in place here in, here in Australia and for our Australian team to help navigate that. And, um, you know, still grow the global game, but um, first and foremost, be as successful as we can be in the Australian team. Speaking to Belinda Clark medalist Beth Mooney. Beth, did you enjoy your time filling in behind the stumps or happy to give the, the gloves back? <laughs> More than happy to give the gloves back, I think, guys. Um, uh, at least it does an outstanding job and, and has done for a long time. And, um, you know, I, I'm, I hope I'm not speaking too much out of turn, but Midge is obviously a bit closer to the end of her career than the start. So um, I'm looking forward to, to her being around for as long as possible doing that job because it's not easy and, and she's made it look very easy. So. Um, yeah, I'm more than happy to throw the gloves back to her and run around the field and pretend I know what I'm doing out there. Yeah, so Elisa's declared herself good to go for South Africa, which is great. And it is a busy schedule ahead. I mean, we were talking earlier about the blurring of the lines between when seasons start and, and end, Beth. So you've got South Africa, then you're off to England later in the year. So the, the, the big tests just keep coming. Yeah, absolutely. And we thrive off that. Um, we want those challenges and we want those tours, the, the, the tough ones especially. So... Um, we've, you know, there's things in the calendar that you mark as big ones, and uh, this World Cup against yeah, in South Africa and the the Ashes in England are certainly big ones for this calendar year. So, uh, really looking forward to it. I think it's exciting, and and hopefully I can hang around a bit longer and and play a small part in the success of our team. Beth, uh, one of the things that always used to be uh, fun when you were travelling around with the cricket team is is staying in contact with the Aussies that were, you know possibly in the same country, for example, Wimbledon and things like that, when, when, or, or golfing or surfing or those sort of things. Do you guys get the opportunity to, to mix a bit when there's um, uh, other sporting action in, in countries you're in? Uh, not, well, not in the last couple of years, obviously, but hmm. um, we, we try to, to mix where we can if, if something crosses over. But um, obviously, one, one more away, we're on a pretty tight schedule with our games and travel and things like that. So, um, perhaps we don't do as much of it as we should and we, we should reach out a little bit more, but um, hopefully we see a little bit more of that crossover in the next few years. And what's the relationship like? Obviously, you, you came together last night, but your relationship with the men's team like, Beth? I mean, is there an ongoing relationship? Do you cross paths at all? Do you stay in touch? Do you, know, do you follow them? Do they follow you? How does that all work, that sort of chemistry? Yeah, it's all, it's all um, very nice when we catch up with them. I think we haven't... Both teams haven't been in the same building for an extended period of time in recent years. So 
last night certainly was a good opportunity to pick their brains and um, make sure they're feeling all right about their Indian tour. But there's a, a lot of respect between our teams. Obviously, they've had a fair bit of success in recent times as well. So um, there's absolutely things we can learn off the way they go about it just as much as they can learn off us. So, um, yeah, the relationship is pretty strong and we're all heading towards the same goals and that's making Australian cricket the best product that we can. So, um, yeah. Fantastic, Beth. Well, well done uh, last night once again. Uh, second time you've taken the Belinda Clark medal home and uh, congratulations also for the ODI Player of the Year award. Uh, thanks for your time this morning and best of luck with uh, with South Africa and, and England beyond that. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. There's Beth Mooney there. And by the way, the numbers for the voting period of the ODI award, she hit 594 runs. She averaged 99 mm. in the ODIs. Ridiculous set of numbers, aren't they? But right. uh, we wish her and the rest of the team well. Uh, Meg Lanning's back. Lisa Healy's fit. So they're going to take some real beating Ooh. over there in South Africa, aren't they? Which uh, they jet off to very, very soon, as do the men. In fact, I think the men are off today. Today? To India. To India today. Yep. Do you see that wicket they they docked it up at the the Bon Andrews Oval up there in North Sydney? Yes, they, they got yeah. the curators to manufacture that. Yeah, the front it, it was a Frankenstein of wicket mm. though that they had a two day spinners camp up there to really go to work on. It's fantastic when sides have got the time and they want to get used to different playing conditions around the world. They can go to Dubai to the ICC Centre and they produce wickets that is that right? Get in South Africa or India or Pakistan. Really? Yeah. They do it all for you. Correct. Like a Disneyland for Correct. cricket pitches. My word. How good's that? What a lovely way of describing it. The <laughs> Disneyland of cricket pitches. Get involved on the tip of 40 Wings text. They've got your unique bed match profile. They can find the right bed for you. 40 Wings serious about sleep. We'll be back in a moment to take you through to the 8 o'clock news. On the other side of the news, uh, the interview I've really been looking forward to today, it is with the newly re-signed head coach of the Socceroos, Graham Arnold. So stick around. Kino Go, now in Victoria. Up to 20 million can be won every three minutes. Gamble responsibly. The Kogan Money Credit Card. A great value card with rewards and no annual fee. Summer Breakfast. Just going back over some of these old paving photos. I'm thinking a nice clean blue stone for the house, actually. Although uh, someone's told me they can get a little hot under the sun, and that's why flamed granite. Is nice. Lay on a slab, preferably. doesn't get as hot. You would think flame granite would be hot, <laughs> wouldn't you? It sort of does. You think it's uh, not as hot as the bluestone, but it's called flamed granite? It's that ironic, isn't it? Mm. Uh, but I like the look of the bluestone. Just nice and clean, uncomplicating. Bigger ones. I think the bigger ones will work well. A little red tile boundary around it. I don't know about the boundary. No. It's a sort of period. Well, I do have a Victorian home, but the back of the house has been modernised. So I reckon that would jar if we were to sort of period, put a sort of period overlay to it. Mm -hmm. But nevertheless, it's been, as you know, for me, a big wrestle between deck and paving. But I've come around to the paving. I was 100%. You did deck deck at the front. Did deck at the front. So I've had my my fill. And when you've oiled the deck, it's all handling it all It's come up pretty well. Yeah, yeah. There are a couple of bits I wouldn't mind having another crack at, but um, it's come up really nicely. So what's that every. Probably six to 12 months I'd have to have a crack at that, oh, you reckon? I shouldn't have to be doing it that often. Right. Maybe depending on the sun. It does cop full bore westerly sun, but, I mean, I've only just laid it now halfway through summer, so she should be right for 12 months, shouldn't it? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah and, and obviously the pavers... She'll be right will, for longer than that. Yeah, okay. And the pavers will be low maintenance, won't they? She's got a porch over it. Do. So it's only going to get some rain, not all of the rain. That's true. Is that the sign when the water stops pooling on the deck that it's also time to, to reapply? Uh, you'll know. You'll know. Right. It bubbles up sort of, doesn't it? It sort of sits there in a bead. It beads up, doesn't it? It'll start 
tacky. Toyota Caller of the Year is back, of course. The improved Hilux Rogue, wider, taller, tougher. You can visit your local Toyota dealer and we'll announce the first weekly winner next Tuesday. How did last fan standing go yesterday? You gave away the trip to India. Yeah, my word. Went well? Yeah, it went well. Matt, who won it, he wasn't sure. He's got a wedding on and he wasn't sure he could take the wife. So I'm not off the plane yet. Right. (laughs) It might be a chance. I know Brooksy shattered that he doesn't have to come up with another 11 questions uh, today. Uh, Graham Arnold's going to join us on the other side of of this news update. You can get involved anytime on the Temper 40 Winks text. Back shortly. Kino Go, now in Victoria. Up to 20 million can be won every three minutes. Gamble responsibly. The Kogan Money Credit Card. A great value card with rewards and no annual fee. Summer Breakfast. Well, it's hard to recall, Scoob, a more drastic change in the court of public opinion than that lived by our next guest. Graham Arnold, by his own admission, was one World Cup qualifying spot kick away from being Australia's most hated man. He left for Qatar seemingly to the backdrop of pundits sharpening their knives only to guide the youthful Socceroos into the last 16 of the World Cup. A magical ride that we all enjoyed immensely for only the second time in our footballing history. And yesterday, Graham's incredible coaching performance on the biggest stage was rewarded with a new contract as coach of the Socceroos through until the end of the 2026 World Cup. And Graham joins us on the line this morning. Arnie, congratulations and welcome to SEN. Thank you very much. They were blunt guys, sir. Hey, too sharp. No, right. Okay, <laughs> they're certainly they're certainly not. Uh, they're neither at the moment. So, Graham, two World Cup wins. I mean, the, the team scored in every match and, and obviously pushed the eventual champion to the brink in the round of sixteen. Yet, all you had to do uh, after that was flop a copy of Le Keep on James Johnson's desk to say, "Hey, I'm the man." Yeah. No. Look. Uh, obviously, it was a fantastic uh, <clears throat> experience, but. Uh, you know, it took me a bit of time to to make the final decision. I went away and, uh, you know, had a break and had some offers. But at the end of the day, it was, uh, you know, my heart's always uh, green and gold. And I just wanted to uh, move forward with the Socceroos because I truly believe that uh, we were had reached the pinnacle and, and I got the most out of everybody and we couldn't do anything more. And I probably would have left. I don't believe that. I believe we're, you know, with the kids coming through that... Uh, we're probably at about 60%. The, the boys have shown their standards now and and uh, we don't accept any less and we move forward. So you've touched on it there, but the obvious question is, you know, why sign on? I think you had offers from Europe and maybe throughout yeah. the Middle East to, to perhaps even start immediately, which would have been would have been a test of your, of, your, of your energy reserves. But was it also because your brother Colin just said he wanted to go to another World Cup? You just couldn't leave him? <laughs> uh, look... The family has a big, uh, you know, very important role to play with support, especially being a national team coach because you're away a lot. You know, there obviously there's a lot of scrutiny and uh, in the backgrounds and that, uh, and and they feel it more, much more than what I do. Uh, you know, I don't do any type of social media at all, and obviously the wife's done it at times, and and my kids and that. But uh, you know, it was just uh, more around. I felt when I went when I was overseas and <clears throat> getting the opportunities to. You know, go somewhere else. You know, I had a great discussion with James Johnson and uh, and that about, you know, if I do stay, I don't want to just do the soccer rules. I actually want to help the game. Um, obviously, you know, as I said, I, my heart is green, uh, green and gold for the, for the nation and everything. But I also 
I just haven't uh, signed to do the Socceroos. I've also signed to mm. help the junior national team's pathways uh, and getting the preparation and the planning right for the junior boys to qualify. But it's crucial that our 17s, 20s and Olympic team go to the Olympics again and qualify because without those programs in place, then it doesn't put the kids on the big stage and doesn't put uh, give the kids an opportunity to fulfil their dreams. So that's uh, one other thing that I want to do. And the other thing I want to do is... Uh, finally get Australian football or help try and get uh, from the government uh, a football home mm. and we've never had one in the 40 years I've been involved and it sounds crazy that but we've been shifted from office block to office block even back in the old days when it was Soccer Australia we've never had a um, training facility we don't have any uh, you, you can call a home for the players to inspire the kids and to inspire the pathways and, uh, you know, and it's quite sad when you think about it, but uh, it is true that, you know, these type of things uh, should have been done years ago, but they haven't been done. And I, I would love to help uh, do that and work with the government to, to help us with that. Because, as I said, you know, what we saw at the World Cup just shows you with the fan sites, it shows you how, how, uh, how the game unites the nation, but also you know, how many kids that there are out there that want to uh, play, play football. Graham, I look forward to digging a bit deeper into into that infrastructure here in the in in this country uh, for the Socceroos. What fascinated me is the way you bonded that group of players together, who came from all different parts of the world for that World Cup. I think you had fourteen days in the lead in to your first match. It might have even been shorter by the when you landed in Qatar to to playing your 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 first match. That was extraordinary. How did you do it? Yeah, but look, it's, uh, I think if there's one thing that we're a lot different to other nations uh, is because of we play in Asia and uh, a lot of the boys play all around the world and they've got to travel to Australia when we went and we only played four games here out of 20 in the last campaign due to COVID that, you know, that they arrived two days before the game and uh, we play. So what really time do I have to work? You know, on tactics uh, during that is is very minimal. It's basically a walkthrough session or video. Um, I don't have time to get them fit, but it's all about the the team culture, and it's all about the mateship and, and building that type of culture that uh, you know that we're here for each other. We're here for everyone, and we're here to do it for the do it for the families and and also the nation. And and you know, if there was something that really um, helped us with all that type of stuff was, you know, obviously with uh, being locked down with COVID, it really built a great morale within the group. And and because they had to, you know, they had to socialise with each other because they couldn't go outside the hotel. So by the time we got to Qatar and we'd done it that many times, that it just became natural for us that, uh, you know, it's it's what we're used to doing. And uh, the boys just clicked on. Uh, you could see it in their eyes when they turned up that uh, they were ready to go and they were fully focused and we kept the messaging simple and and the boys you know the truth the belief that we built over those uh, over those four years was was there and uh, I, I know that we went through some hard times but uh, everyone goes through hard times it's about how you react and and uh, uh, to you know anything negative or or, or, you know, a poor result. It's about how you react to it, and uh, the boys reacted fantastic straight away. We're speaking to Socceroos manager Graham Arnold, and, and Graham, I know you'll say it's it's obviously not all about you, and it's a collective effort as part of any national team, of course. So I, I'm sure you've become 
battle hardened somewhat over time. I mean, how could you not? But but even with that being the case, it must be impossible for the criticism not to seep in in the lead up to the World Cup. I mean, but are you you don't strike us as the I, I told you so type. But have, have you been tempted? No, <laughs> no. Like, I, honestly, the most important thing is I can cop it all. It doesn't uh, bother me at all. But is it doesn't affect the players. Mm. Because if it affects the players, it affects the performance, and then we all go down. So, you know, I'm happy to cop it all. And uh, as long as, they, you know, long as it, it stays away from the players and I can say to the players, don't worry about it, we can use it at times as well. Hey, did you see what this person said? This journo or this uh, expert said? Come on, let's go shut him up. And, and, and we can use it as inspiration uh, sometimes as well and motivation. But, uh, <clears throat> no, for me, it's... Uh, I've been around the game long enough to know that coaching is is uh, it's, it's a difficult job, but uh, I love it. And uh, but at the end of the day, you know what you do realise over time as you get older that coaching is just full of sliding door moments. Mm. And uh, you know within a day it can all change. And but you've got to keep believing in, in what you're doing and, and, and backing yourself, but also making sure that the players are are, are right. Because as I said, if uh, it affects the players mentally, then you're not going to get any gather them, and then the performance will go away. So I'm all for the players, and and uh, you know, and put myself down the bottom. But uh, you know, I'd rather be a father figure to them and help them, and, and and you know, get them on the same sheet of paper, and then we're all we're all good to go. Hey, Graham, now that it's the dust has settled, obviously off the back of Doha, and you've enjoyed some time off, and you've signed this new deal, um, can I possibly? Um, pin you to a World Cup highlight for you? I mean, it might be off the pitch, it might be on the pitch, but a lasting image or a memory or something that you find yourself, you know, coming back to now in the fullness of time? If it's in Qatar, um, oh, man, it's, uh, <laughs> it, was cra- it was crazy. Look, I, I have to say, all right, that seeing Mbappe live, Kylian Mbappe from France live, what a, what a player. You know, and, and he, he was unstoppable. And he showed that right through the whole tournament. Uh, he was a highlight of the tournament. Um, for us, it was obviously the Tunisia game and, and the Denmark game. But I, I, you know, I truly believe that we played so well against Argentina that we were kicking the ball away from qualifying. But, you know, those little lasting memories, obviously, is the, the lucky goal. Harry Sutter's tackle. But, you know, that just showed you the, the camaraderie that we had in the team, the way he worked back to make that, that tackle. But back here in Australia, you know, seeing those fan sites was, was insane. I have not seen anything like that for many, many years. And that really, Federation Square, uh, Amy Park, that was, uh, you know, 20,000, sitting in there watching the game on the TV. Uh, seeing the fan sites at Darling Harbour and around Australia really inspired the boys enormously. And it really showed... You know, us, how much uh, the nation was behind us, which we were were truly grateful for. Arnie, we loved it. We love the journey so much. Uh, We can't wait to see what happens next. Congratulations uh, on the new deal and uh, really appreciate your time this morning. Mate, thank you very much and thanks for your support. Thank you. There's Graham Arnold, Socceroos head coach there. Unfortunately, he had to leave us. Would have been nice to get a little bit more time with him. But uh, he's a busy man, as you Mm. can expect. But uh, how fascinating his philosophies on... On coaching and the criticism that he had to cop going over there, it's easy to forget, but it was absolutely immense. Yeah, I think the other tough job he's got is, and I, I see where he's, you know, he really wants to develop that that home and the pathways for for the Socceroos and for football in the country. 
but you know when you see what then goes on at domestic level, and you, you're going to the government with cap mm. in hand, saying give us, you know. Sock has to clean up their act across the board to give him a chance. AFL clubs have got have got permanent facilities, and the national soccer team doesn't. It's, it's hard quite, to believe, quite extraordinary. Yeah. And the, you know, the infighting and you know that has gone on over the journey. You know, they're the one, they've shot themselves in the foot. They've got no one else to blame by themselves. That was Graham Arnold. Uh, love uh, lovely to have a chat to, to Graham this morning. Uh, now though, it's time for this. Kino Go now in Victoria. Up to twenty million can be won every three minutes. Gamble responsibly. The Kogan Money Credit Card, a great value card with rewards and no annual fee. Summer breakfast. Oh, welcome back, gee whiz. This is a game I like. Oh, how fascinating is it? I'm liking this. All right, all right. So let's straighten up for a second. This man survived for a long time in the AFL jungle, Scoob. 226 games, a Crichton medal for his beloved Bombers, a 12-year career, of course. But he's into a different game of survival now. It's Survivor Heroes v Villains on Channel 10. Hit the small screen last night. David Zarakis, welcome to SEN. How are we going, boys? He's coming with a bit of a swag. Has he? (laughs) Wondered why he'd been working working on that rig, and now we know why. He's on the Samoan beaches doing his thing. Thanks for that compliment, mate. (laughs) Then, hey, this is this is great, but this has been a long time coming. So, when did this actually? When did they film this over there? When did you take part? Yeah, well, as you know, we're not currently in the jungle right now. Um, Yeah, so sometime last year. We uh, snuck over to Samoa and uh, and filmed it, which is a, a beautiful part of the world. I'd never been, so it's uh, it's a cracking spot. Now, Simon and I are both very fascinated with the game and how it works, but uh, the approach to you, did you hesitate? Did you think about it? Did you say yes straight away? Well, how did it work out? Uh, yes, straight away. Yeah, I, I loved it as a kid. I watched the first American season when I was 12, I yep. think. Um, missed, missed the last couple of Aussie seasons just from – um, doing things here and there, but I love the, the actual idea of Survivor in a game. And, and I was one of those kids that sit at home and went, I reckon I can do those challenges. I love this. Like, yeah. I reckon I can play and, and win and all that kind of stuff. So it, it, it's been in the pipeline for for a while. And, and I knew obviously straight first year out of footy, had the opportunity and just jumped at it. Now, Cole Scoob is in the Heroes tribe, not the Villains tribe. I, I want to know the <laughs> statement. Over the journey of the show, he makes what sort of guard? Now, do you go with a bandana or the, 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 the wrist? wrist tie? Well, you, you get your buff day one. Right. Um, immediately, I went wrist uh, and then neck. I had it around my neck oh, the whole time. The not, not, I didn't have it around the head. Okay. I had it around the neck. Yeah, I, just I like nice those sort of statements. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So nice it hit the screen last night, 7.30 tonight on Channel 10, of course. Now, your philosophies as a survivor player, as a long-time watcher and now participant, there's it would appear to be two ways to go at the start. Low profile, yep. don't ruffle any feathers, stick to yourself like some sort of creepy loner, or you start building those alliances and you start getting people on side and you play the game straight away. Yeah, it's it's difficult as an ex-sportsman going in because you're immediately seen as a threat. So challenge threat. So Sean Hampson is on as well. Myself, uh, in the past, Simon Black went on. You're immediately seen as a challenge threat. So you don't want to come in probably too hard. Uh, oh, you're tanking. So strategic-wise, you don't want to come in too hard. There's some players that come in really hard day one, day two, and they're gone. So you kind of don't want to be seen as that because you're already seen as a threat uh, with the challenges. So um, mine was just to come in, uh, play the social game a bit early, create some really good and strong relationships, uh, and then hopefully you can trust them enough to uh, oh, you to get far enough in the game. And what are you saying? Then knife them. You can't trust the game's this. You can't trust <laughs> a soul out there, can you? Well, I mean, you got to knife someone eventually, don't you? Yeah, that's, 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 how you that's how you get the votes to win. So um, you just have to wait and see how I eventually play. But, uh, yeah, first of all, it's, it's yeah, my, I, I went in wanting to play a really social game. 
So the heroes are, you know, there's some big, strong men and women in the heroes camp. So there's a debate over whether you'll actually lose an immunity challenge. And you started well last night. Yeah, well, we've got Flick, who's a... a, a um uh, a big wave surfer, yep. like she's unbelievable. You got Haley, who's won it before. Then you got Sean, uh, myself, uh, Sam, who's played it before, who's a, a challenge beast. He played the first season of Australian Survivor. So the heroes are stacked. Like we, we are stacked. And you saw last night uh, we won the first two challenges uh, and wiped them, wiped the villains off the off the floor, <laughs> which was great. So they had to send someone home last night. They sent someone home last night, day two. Uh, Angelie went home uh, early. So uh, only one night in, in Samoa, <laughs> which is not great. But the ceremonies that go on. Tribal Council. Tribal Council. Well, okay. Come on. <laughs> Tribe with JLP, yeah. Okay. Yep. Good looking uh, rooster JLP, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> you you haven't been in one as yet, but no. obviously you've 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 experienced. Yep. Have you got a chance when you're going to tribal council for you're looking at each other or having a bit of a chat about how you've organised oh. who's heading home today? Yeah. So uh, this this scramble before tribals, it's very very fun to watch. Uh, trying to figure out where the vote's going, who to vote for um, in the time frame that you have. If yeah, when you watch it, it, it's, it's, it's exciting on TV, but even there it's, it's a rush hour. It's just getting it. Who are we going to vote for? How are we going to do it? Um, any strategy play, if someone's got an idol, whatever it is, it's who can, that, that means they can protect themselves. So it's, it's a big scramble, um, but walking into tribal for the very first time, when you do it, it's it's kind of like walking into a team meeting on a Monday morning after you've had a massive loss, right? You, you don't you don't want the coach to look at you. You look away. You don't make eye contact. You don't want JLP to look at you because then if you he asks you a question, you say the wrong thing, you could be gone. So it's like you you want to answer a couple of questions, but you don't want to answer the hard one that could also send you home. Mm. So it's a bit it's, like it's the, challenging. A bit like your days in the in and out of the Essendon leadership group. Then, and that's, yeah, like. that's exactly the same. <laughs> who are you going to vote out? <laughs> who are you going to vote out? Who voted in? You uh, you want the votes, but you don't want the votes. And yeah, it's challenging. So you, you're from the northern suburbs of Melbourne, right? Yep. So did you have any sort of camping experiences growing up? Are you fond of the outdoors or are you a city slicker <laughs> who's been turfed out on the beach and left to fend for yourself? Uh, I love hiking. I love outdoors, but my hikes usually last the day. They're not camping hikes. So I um, it was a it was a challenge. Not challenged to be outdoors. I love it, but sleeping on the on the ground, the sand, rocks in your back, crabs crawling over you. It's uh, yeah, yeah. Every so night. it's real. It's not like you get to an ad break and the producers run out and you're getting makeup put on and all the no. Rest of it so we get, yeah. we get there day one. There's the beach. You go to your beach. Um, the jungle's all around. You get a machete. You got to make your shelter. That's it by day one. So if you don't make it within that two or three hours, you're under the elements. If it's raining. If it's whatever, you got to make your fire, um, build your shelter, put your palm fronds on. But of course, palm fronds leak and the water comes through. And if it rains, you get soaked at night. So there is no, there's no, it's full survivor mode. Wow. Yeah. Like huddle back to back at night. What about you're freezing cold. So you get rations. So we get rice and beans, rations. Uh, if we go through the rations before we get more, then we starve. I mean, there's plenty of coconuts around, but so we can eat coconuts off. We're in Samoa. It's rations. You can't knock over a rabbit or anything, can you? No, no, no there's no, uh, no love animals. <laughs> <laughs> no love I, animals hurt. But we do, we have to win our food. So the challenge is. Can knock over something? Got a machete. <laughs> hey, short, we do, but, yeah. Sean Amson's an absolute beast, right? So is, what yeah. if you, what if your former teammates do you reckon will be good at, at Survivor? Who would really take to it? Some of your Essendon teammates. Oh, who would? Uh, 
big or well, big boys. So all yeah. big ruckmen um, would be great. So Sean Hampson, that's why he dominates because he's a, a beast in a challenge. Big, and big belly. Big a lot belly of the challenges can't be set up too big because then you've got smaller people. So yeah. Sean just dominates anything. Last night we had a ledge and he basically everyone had to jump up. He just climbed himself up <laughs> and that's how he won basically. Um, so. Former teammates. Uh, or who would be poor at it as well? Why? No, I can't throw anyone <laughs> on the bus. I can't do that. But say like Tommy Bell Chambers or, or Kyle Hooker would be great because they're just machines. Like yeah. anyone that's a beast in the weight room or power athlete, they'd be, they'd be really good at it. And it must be good to have it out there now because you've been sworn to secrecy. For, I imagine you can't tell a single soul what happens in the show, of course. Yeah, well, because it's obviously filmed so yes. long ago. You, you keep it under wraps for, for quite a while. Uh, obviously, only immediate probably friends and yep. family know uh, when you're there. And then... It's great to actually relive it because people ask you questions all the time about it and obviously you couldn't answer it. And yeah. still even last night getting texts going, how far did you go in the game and all that kind of thing. <laughs> so you just you don't want to give anything away um, because you don't want to sport for people too. It's like actually watch it because the drama of the show is what makes it. Mm. The backstabbing, the blindsiding, everything, it's, it's what makes the show. Fantastic. How do you reckon you go in the game, Scoop? No, I was just about to say, are you still a fan of the show? Yeah, I'm a fan. No, but you've got to be... Big and a beast. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm none of those things. And, no. you know, Thank you. Well, actually, power you know, well, Actually, you knifing people, that, you'll be right there. <laughs> so you've got that going for you. But, you know, you're vertically challenged mm. um, and you're not a beast. But to be honest, later in the game. Actually, you're quite feeble, to be honest. <laughs> so you really on, can't go on. on the show. All right, I'm, time out for a second. Let's just take the news. We'll come back with Zachary. If you're happy to hang around for a couple more minutes, yeah, yeah. David, we'll, we'll come yeah, back. Can't uh, go on the show, mate. Simon, you can abuse me on the other side of, the, of these headlines. Uh, David Sarakis has kindly stuck around. He's a member of the Heroes Tribe but went to air last night for the first time. Series 10, I think, of uh, Survivor Heroes v Villains. So as a pro athlete, I was just keen to ask you, yep. you, you you're familiar with uh, the pain, embracing the pain, yep. physical test. How tough actually are these challenges made for TV? Are they the real deal? Yes, they are. They are the real deal. And I got a lot of those questions last night about, oh, do you do a take and, and cut back? And it's <laughs> no, it is, it is raw footage. It is, the challenges are straight into it. We have a lot of obstacles um, but the thing about the challenges is that they cover every aspect of physical attributes. So they cover strength, power, endurance, cardio, um, memory tests we do, um, balances. So they cover every aspect. So later, like later in the cha- uh, in the in the series, it's always like early on. If you're a challenge beast, it's great. But then later on, if you've got great power to weight ratio and you're a small athlete, you dominate because there's a lot of balances, mm. endurance challenges. So it's it's quite unique that they cover everything, every aspect, but they are physical. They are they are hard, and, and you are going hammer and tong because you you want to survive another day in the game. You want to you want to last and, and win that immunity challenge and and keep going in the game. So they are very physical. So the game goes. So how? I, I, what do you? Forty seven days is forty seven days in total. Forty seven days. Yeah, forty seven days. If you're good if enough, you, if you survive, forty seven yep. days. Wow. Yeah, so it starts with 24 people and, and 47 days. Australian Survivor is one of the longest. I think America's cut back a little bit. So Australian Survivors, yeah, 47. Oh, we're going to have to get into this one, Scoob. So it's 7.30 no tonight. No, Tucker. 7.30, t- <laughs> 7.30 tonight. You've got to win it. <laughs> 7.30 tonight no, on Channel mate. 10. You're Monday, win your food. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday this week, and then Sunday through to Wednesday each Sunday week. Sunday through to Tuesday. Sunday through to Tuesday. After Apologies on Channel 10 after this week. Uh, 7.30, of course, we'll watch with interest. I've got to ask you about your old club. Who's yep. going to be captain? Uh, I'm not sure, to be honest. Who yeah. should be ca- Who? I mean, there's contenders everywhere. Yeah. Merrick, McGrath. Well, that's the thing. I mean, uh, I haven't spoken to Dice whether he, whether he wants it still. Um, but then you've got Zach up and coming who's had 
I mean, he's had his last five years of his career has been unbelievable. Yeah. So uh, he'd be a great one uh, for that. And then Andy McGrath is a, a young up-and-coming one. Uh, but there's great leaders in the club. Mason Redmond's mm. a really good leader, really, really good. Kyle Langford's another one. So I reckon they've got some really good players in the wing, but whether they want them to be captain or whether they get voted in, I don't know how they do it because every club does it differently every yeah. year, how they vote the system, whether the coaches have a vote, players, all that kind of stuff. So I think they've got some really good players uh, in the in a leadership group probably this year um, that are just great ruthless players. So whoever's going to be captain, I'm not sure. A lot of change there. Obviously, Brad Scott comes in. I mean, are you optimistic? How they, do you still keep in touch with some of the boys down there? Yeah, yeah. So still keep in touch, touch with some of them. Um, had dinner with uh, Langers last week and, and spoke to him about it. But other than that, I haven't kept in touch with how they're going in terms of pre-season. So I kind of got a lot of the information last week and yep. it was information overload almost <laughs> uh, to the point where you forget most of it. Um, but yeah, I think... It's like anything, any club this time of year. Everyone's yeah. a pre-season favourite. Everyone's a premiership favourite this time of year. And, but I think the good thing about a change of coach is that it, it brings just an energy to the footy club and everyone gets excited and, and it's a, a tweak of the game plan and it's, it's a new beginning for a lot of players. And a lot of players will probably play different roles this year to what they've played in the past. And I think if you watch Brad Scott at North Melbourne, it's a lot of it's a, it's great attacking footy. It's, it's ruthless footy. And, and a lot of players just get to play with a bit of flair and, I think that's what's going to be great for the footy club to actually see players play with a lot of the attributes and get to show them. And obviously, uh, Survivor, I think, interrupted your debut season. Were you having a run at Bandura? And are you going to play footy this year? What are you doing? Are you uh, putting you on the spot here? Nah, so I've, I'm actually training for Ironmans. Oh, I saw that. Uh, yeah. 70.3 Ironman. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so I'm going to start with a couple of 70.3s this year. Um, I'll give him a plug. Brad from Hurt Locker yes. uh, in Richmond. Uh, he's a legend and he's our coach now. Um, and he's going to start training me. We're going to do – the aim of this year is to do two 70.3s and then – do a couple of fools next year. So you're getting out on the bike there, on the giant? Yeah, bike, ocean swims down at Brighton, which are killing me with wow. a few seals around. Hopefully I don't get bumped into a couple of them. But, mate, I'm loving it. So footy for me, I think it's kind of in the past. Uh, I'm, I've been there, done it. I, I enjoyed my season at Bundura last mm. year, but I'm, I, I kind of started to lose a bit of the passion. Whereas And, and for training, I hated the training, whereas yeah. now I've started the Ironman training. I absolutely love it. New so, challenge. New challenge. Just on your way out when you're leaving, I, I'd go out the door really quickly to the front door because Julian Destut's only two doors down from us. <laughs> Big S, And if he knows you're here... Yeah, he might not mate, be able to it, leave. It'll, it's very sycophantic stuff. <laughs> he so, enjoys seeing us you know, I know you, you know, want to wave to a few people on your way out, mate. I'd just get moving. <laughs> Leg really it, yeah. Quickly. I've probably done it a few times on him over my career too, and you as well, I reckon. <laughs> no doubt about it. Hey, mate, <laughs> loved having you in, though. Good luck. We'll watch with, with interest. And good on you for putting yourself out there and doing it. And best luck with the Ironmans to come. We'll Cheers, watch with sir. interest. Thank you, boys. David Zarakis there, uh, former bomber, of course, now Australian survivor. For how much longer, Scoob? We'll have to watch with, with interest. I, I want, I'm, I'm pushing the Sam Edmund for Survivor Show. No, it's for people with a public profile. They're not interested no, in you've little got a I'd rather profile. you go on SAS Australia, no. to be honest. How long could you be screamed at before you snapped? I reckon that'd be good TV. Get involved on the, on the Temper 40 Weeks text. Consumers' Choice winner Temper mattresses. They are. They've got pillows, adjustable bases, and they conform to the exact shape. It's rolled out later this year. And four more RBA rate rises between now and August. That's the new prediction by top economists. Sports next. The Maserati Melbourne Demonstrator event starts Friday with up to three years complimentary scheduled servicing on select models. T's and C's and exclusions apply LMCT 11989. Steve Smith has taken out his fourth Allen Border medal at the Australian Cricket Awards. He now equals the record of most wins held by Ricky Ponting and Michael Clark. I certainly don't play for these kind of accolades. I literally just go out and try and score as many runs as I can and help the team out in any way that I can. 
Beth Mooney claimed the Belinda Clark Award. Weather's next. It's Australia's first 10-year warranty with 10 years cap price servicing. Mitsubishi 1010, you can count on it. Exclusions and conditions including Mitsubishi servicing apply. See a Mitsubishi dealer for details. SEN Track, the new sound of chasing, pacing and racing live all day on the SEN app. Chadston Toyota. Get a discounted SUV service now. Partly cloudy, then sunny afternoon in Melbourne today, 23. The UV index predicted to reach 11 thanks to some smart, then cloudy tomorrow, 22. And the run home with Andy Marr and Andrew Gaze is back this afternoon from 3 on SEN. Uh, David Zarakis has kindly stuck around. He's a member of the Heroes Tribe. It went to air last night for the first time. Series 10, I think, of uh, Survivor Heroes v Villain. So, as a pro athlete, I was just keen to ask you, yep. you, you you're familiar with uh, the pain, embracing the pain, yep. physical test. How tough, actually, are these challenges made for TV? Are they the real deal? Yes, they are. They are the real deal. And I got a lot of those questions last night about, oh, do you do a take and, and cut back? And it's, <laughs> no, it is, it is raw footage. It is the challenges are straight into it. We have a lot of obstacles. Um, but the thing about the challenges is that they cover every aspect of physical attributes. So they cover strength, power, endurance, cardio, um, memory tests we do, um, balances. So they cover every aspect. So later, like later in the cha- uh, in the in the series, it's always like early on. If you're a challenge beast, it's great. But then later on, if you've got great power to weight ratio and you're a small athlete, you dominate because there's a lot of balances, mm. endurance challenges. So it's it's quite unique that they cover everything, every aspect, but they are physical. They are they are hard, and, and you are going hammer and tong because you you want to survive another day in the game. You want to you want to last and, and win that immunity challenge and and keep going in the game. So they are very physical. So the game goes so how over what you forty seven days is forty seven days in total. Forty seven days. Yeah, forty seven days. If you're good if enough, you, if you survive, forty seven yep. days. Wow. Yeah, so it starts with 24 people and, and 47 days. Australian Survivor is one of the long because I think America's cut back a little bit. So Australian Survivors, yeah, 47. Oh, we're going to have to get into this one, Scoob. So it's 7.30 tonight. Month, no, Tucker. 7.30, <laughs> 7.30 you tonight. you got to win it. 7.30 tonight <laughs> on Channel 10. you got to win your food. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday this week, and then Sunday through to Wednesday each Sunday week. Sunday through to Tuesday. Sunday through to Tuesday. After Apologies on Channel 10 after this week. Uh, 7.30, of course, we'll watch with interest. I've got to ask you about your old club. Who's yep. going to be captain? Uh, I'm not sure, to be honest. Who yeah. should be captain? Who? I mean, there's... Contenders everywhere. Yeah, McGrath. Well, that's the thing. I mean, I, I haven't spoken to Dice whether he whether he wants it still. Um, but then you got Zach up and coming, who's had. I mean, he's had these last five years of his career has been unbelievable. Yeah. So uh, he'd be a great one uh, for that. And then Andy McGrath's a, a young up and coming one. Uh, but there's great leaders. The club. Mason Redmond's mm. a really good leader. Really, really good. Kyle Langford's another one. So I reckon they've got some really good players in the wing. But whether they want them to be captain or whether they get voted in. I don't know how they do it because every club does it differently every yeah. year, how they vote the system, whether the coaches have a vote, players, all that kind of stuff. So I think they've got some really good players uh, in the in a leadership group probably this year um, that are just great, ruthless players. So whoever's going to be captain, I'm not sure. A lot of change there. Obviously, Brad Scott comes in. I mean, are you optimistic? How they, do you still keep in touch with some of the boys down there? Yeah, yeah. So still keep in touch, touch with some of them. Um, had dinner with uh, Langers last week and, and spoke to him about it. But other than that, I haven't kept in touch with how they're going in terms of pre-season. So I kind of got a lot of the information last week and yep. it was information overload almost <laughs> uh, to the point where you forget most of it. Um, but yeah, I think... It's like anything, any club this time of year. Everyone's yeah. a pre-season favourite. Everyone's a premiership favourite this time of year. And But I think the good thing about a change of coach is that it, it brings just an energy to the footy club and everyone gets excited and, 
and it's a, a tweak of the game plan and it's it's a new beginning for a lot of players and a lot of players will probably play different roles this year to what they've played in the past and I think if you watch Brad Scott at North Melbourne it's a lot of it's a, it's great attacking footy it's, it's ruthless footy and, and a lot of players just get to play with a bit of flair and I think that's what's going to be great for the footy club to actually see players play with a lot of the attributes and get to show them. And obviously, uh, Survivor, I think, interrupted your debut season. Were you having a run at Bandura? And are you going to play footy this year? What are you doing? Are you uh, putting you on the spot here? Nah, so I've, I'm actually training for Ironmans. Oh, uh, I saw that. Yeah. 70.3 Ironman. Yeah, 70, yeah. yeah, so I'm going to start with a couple of 70.3s this year. Um, <laughs> I'll give him a plug. Brad from Hurt Locker yes. uh, in Richmond. Uh, he's a legend and he's our coach now. Um, and he's going to start training me. We're going to do – the aim of this year is to do two 70.3s and then – do a couple of fools next year. So you're getting out on the bike there, on the giant? Yeah, bike, ocean swims down at Brighton, which are killing me with wow. a few seals around. Hopefully I don't get bumped into a couple of them. But, mate, I'm loving it. So footy for me, I think it's kind of in the past. Uh, I'm, I've been there, done it. I, I enjoyed my season at Bundura last mm. year, but I'm, I, I kind of started to lose a bit of the passion. Whereas And, and for training, I hated the training, whereas yeah. now I've started the Ironman training. I absolutely love it. New so, challenge. New challenge. Just on your way out when you're leaving, I, I'd go out the door really quickly to the front door because Julian Destut's only two doors down from us. <laughs> Big S, And if he knows you're here... Yeah, he might not mate, be able to it, leave. It'll, it's very sycophantic stuff. <laughs> he so, enjoys seeing us you know, I know you, you know, want to wave to a few people on your way out, mate. I'd just get moving. <laughs> Leg really it, yeah. Quickly. I've probably done it a few times on him over my career too, and yeah. you as well, I reckon. <laughs> no doubt about it. Hey, mate, <laughs> loved having you in, though. Good luck. We'll watch with, with interest. And good on you for putting yourself out there and doing it. And best luck with the Ironmans to come. We'll Cheers, watch with sir. interest. Thank you, boys. David Zarakis there, uh, former bomber, of course, now Australian survivor. For how much longer, Scoob? We'll have to watch with, with interest. I, I want, I'm, I'm pushing the Sam Edmund for Survivor Show. No, it's for people with a public profile. They're not interested no, in little old I'd rather profile. you go on SAS Australia, no. to be honest. How long could you be screamed at before you snapped? I reckon that'd be good TV. Get involved on the, on the Temper 40 Weeks text. Consumers' choice winner Temper mattresses they are. They've got pillows, adjustable bases, and they conform to the exact shape of your body. We'll be back right after this. Kino Go, now in Victoria. Up to 20 million can be won every three minutes. Gamble responsibly. The Kogan Money Credit Card. A great value card with rewards and no annual fee. Summer Breakfast. Questions without notice. For WD40, register online for the Repair Challenge 2023 for a share in over 15 grand in prizes. Questions without notice time and indeed register for the Repair Challenge this year 2023. You've got a question without notice, you can drop it into the Temper 40 Winks text box 0433981116. A bit like how Bob has done, Scoob, during the break. His question without notice, how can David Zarakis be a hero? He has to be a villain after kicking a goal to beat the pies on Anzac Day. Uh, be a hero, son. Be a hero. Uh, so Good on you, Bob. It's not too far off the pies going back out, running back onto the MCG. If you had your choice of reality TV programs to be on, which one would it be? Oh, now, I've always liked Survivor, but I reckon it'd be real. It wouldn't be SAS Australia. I don't think that's my go. That that sounds absolutely brutal. But I reckon I'd uh, I'd like Survivor. I I think it's one of the. Well, would it be the original reality TV show? I want to say it was. I reckon it was the first of its kind. It's been on for a while. Long, it? long time. And I'm a bit like Dave. I remember watching the first couple of. Um, was it Hatch Rob? Um, someone Hatch who won the first. Mike Hatch, I reckon, won the inaugural show, but. 
I loved it. I thought it was pure genius the way it was created. You know, a mental test, a physical test. No one can be trusted. Do you form an alliance? Do you not? Do you backstab? Do you not? Do you trust people to the end? I think it's a fantastic show. So I'd probably go Survivor. Okay. You? I don't know. I'm sort of Australian thinking... Idol? You've got a good sort of baritone. Who wants to be a millionaire? Would you um, go on? That's more of a game I show. I like the of idea of the jungle. Get me out of here. Yeah, but, but I, I couldn't. I you'd just have to eat spiders and, and you'd have stuff. to eat. Yeah, you're, you hate snakes. You can't even look at a snake on no, the TV. No, that's right. But, but I, I, like the, I like the banter of the camp. I like that feel of the camp. Yeah, what happens when the snakes come out? I, I go home. How long would you last on Survivor? One we day or two? I was at the farm yesterday. Snake? Yeah. Joe Blake? Yeah. The person was coming up the drive and said, the black snake, the front gate. I didn't leave the house again for the day. <laughs> did not leave the house. The what day. about The Bachelor? You'd be on that, wouldn't you? What? you go on The Bachelor in another life. No. Of course, you're very happily married these days. Of course I wouldn't go on The Bachelor. <laughs> hey, captaincy and the art of it and how many you need. It, it, do you only need one captain of the ship or are you more open now to perhaps multiple leaders? So Adam Kingsley's told the AFL website that uh, obviously GWS, they moved to the three captaincy model like Sydney have done in recent times, Cornelio Green Kelly. Uh, and he's considering whether that is the appropriate. He said it's for sure it's absolutely different. The only other year was last year at Richmond that he hadn't had just the one captain and it worked well with Grimes and then Curvis. But not only, not only do they have the three captains, GWS, they've got a, last year, they had a nine-man leadership group alongside those three captains as well. And even Connor Iden, who was promoted to the leadership group midway through the year. Is it, is it too many? Is it one or is it totally horses for courses? I personally think it's too many. I think it should be one. You know, a captain and a vice captain. I'm old fashioned from a leadership point of view. Understand the leadership group or the experienced group. I don't sort of like the leadership group. Those experienced players take on extra responsibility. That's just natural. But I, I think, you know, you have a head coach. I think you you must have a head captain. And those two are the the main parts of your leadership at your footy club. Your Off the, and captain. Yeah, okay. Yeah. It's I don't set, think it can be four of them. Keeping his options open, though, Adam Kingsley said he's not close to making a decision yet. And he said, uh, having observed them up close, uh, Kelly, Green, Cornelio, they could all be captains in, the, in their own right. You get the feeling they might downsize, but we'll we'll see what happens. Michael Indoreen's throwing up the Amazing Race. I love watching the Amazing Race. I just think I'd be absolutely lousy at it. Mm. That's a real test of your nerves under pressure, that one. And that's you've got to follow the map and the yep. clues and clues, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, challenges. Yeah. Getting your way around a foreign Using your city, brain, no good for me. Yeah, it would be a real and and you're designed to get you, you're absolutely almost um, certain to get a divorce out of it if you do it with your wife. There's no doubt about that. Um, <laughs> Richard Hatch, thank you from Beetle. Was Simon on Perfect Match? Adam asks. Was it you and Dexter? I found the perfect match. You did. Oh, well done. Boom, boom. Uh, question without notice. Do you love a good? Uh, do you love a good name for a game plan? Well, we've had Weagles Web. What was the one Collingwood had back in the day? Um, the dogs had their handball game. Uh, Clarko's Cluster was famous. Pagan's Paddock. Orange Tsunami. Did you say Pagan's Paddock? No, before? but you did. Pagan's Paddock, obviously, maybe the original. So that every year we generally get one. I reckon we might, if what I'm hearing is correct, we might have another one. Really? Yeah. Doesn't I've What got a club? Work. A new coach at a new club? It's a new coach at a new club. It's Alistair Clarkson at North Melbourne. Now, this is just what I've heard on the grapevine yesterday. Yeah. So I haven't checked this, but what I'm hearing is the Kangaroos boys are working on a game plan called the Whirlpool. The Whirlpool. The Whirlpool. 
Now, the best I can tell, it centres on how they bring the ball out of the back half of the ground. So they confronted as they're coming out, whether it be Aaron Hall or Taron Thomas or any of their runners, with the defensive grid of the other team. This involves looking to go one way. It's, it's an old-fashioned switching of the play, but switching of the play back and forth to unsettle the defensive grid, hence the whirlpool sort of nature of the ball movement. So it's all around, and this would be simplifying it massively, how they come out of their, their back half at North Melbourne. I just wonder if the whirlpool might catch on or whether it's just been a case of whispers, summer whispers, but uh, just something mm. I heard yesterday, the whirlpool. I like that. Don't know how it sort of marries up with Clarko's cluster and those sort of things. Alistair's whirlpool doesn't quite have the same link. Well, to it, if he it? sort of was the king of the cluster, he, he'll now know how that cluster can be broken down. Well, of course. So you might whirlpool. They've come a the long cluster. way since then, but all about upsetting the defensive grid cap, which all teams try to do, of course, with ball in hand, and they're all looking for the corridor and they're all looking to get from one end to the other as quickly as possible. So maybe the whirlpool might be one to look out for. What do you call that one where they go back to the point of the square? The kick to the 45. The 45 kick in, in board. Yeah, so they, they go 45 out, to the pop, out to the flank, flank and then they and then come back into the point of the square. Kick on the 45, yeah. Is that, yeah. Does everyone do that? <laughs> I think so. Right. Everyone's looking to do that. Okay. Uh, absolutely. Uh, so the only reason the, you can do that is... Defensively, you have set up poorly, yeah? I think so, yeah. You're sp- spotting holes, though. And if you're a good kick, you can sort of you can pick the needle. Uh, Nanette is in Terralgan. He wants to talk to re- reality TV shows as well. Nanette, good morning. Uh, good morning, Sam. Scoob. Nanette. Now, this one is going to uh, stretch the memory bank. Scoob will remember. Sammy, I don't know. Um, original Aussie oh. reality show. Here we go. Sylvania Waters. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say it's a knockout or something like Which that. Which I think what grew out of Sylvania Waters was that reality house. What was that called? I don't know. Hey, <laughs> Nanette, good? That was back in yeah, um, 1985, I'd say. What was the house? Yeah, the house. Oh, we'll throw it out there. I don't know. No, I barely know house. Sylvania Waters. But the house. Nanette, good nomination, and uh, you won't go away empty-handed because we love a late call. $100 tennis-only gift voucher for you, tennis-only. Shop online at Australia's number one Big tennis brother. retailer. Visit tennisonly.com.au. Sit tight, Nanette. We'll sort you out with that. I think it was Big Brother. Big Brother house. That, that's, yeah, they all go in the house. And that's true. Live in, Is that Sylvania that's Waters? That's right. I think grew out of Sylvania Waters. There you go. Uh, our final break. Back with Julian Stoop after this. Kino Go, now in Victoria. Up to 20 million can be won every three minutes. Gamble responsibly. The Kogan Money Credit Card. A great value card with rewards and no annual fee. Summer Breakfast. Oh, there's a late question about notice here from Aaron Scoob. Uh, greatest American football movie to prepare for Super Bowl week. There's a topic from As. There's so many to pick from, but an old classic I like from the early 90s was called Rudy. Have you ever seen Rudy? No. Notre Dame. Um, he's a he's essentially a towel boy who actually had long harbour dreams to play and he ends up, well, I won't give it all away, but it's called Rudy. R-U-D-Y. I'm going to watch it. Great film. You will like it. it. What's it on, Netflix or something? Oh, I wouldn't be able to tell you at this point in time. Uh, uh, Julian DeStoop, I can tell you that he's in the house, though. Jules, welcome. Morning's coming I've never heard of that one, to be honest. Rudy. Morning, boys. Yeah, plenty of footy on the agenda today. So here we go inside 50, because there's 45 days to go to round one. So I'm going to ask you three questions about your club. What are you excited about? What are you worried about? What you're unsure about? For all 18 clubs or whoever. Whoever gives us a call. I'll give my take on the bombers, Simon, just to get people thinking. <laughs> Did you ask Zacker on the way out? We'll go for there. Is it less Zacker on nah, the way out? not at all. 
Not at all. No, we'll just put on two thousand. Catch up with him and nah. give him a hug. Not at all. Okay, Not so all. those uh, those topics again. Yeah. Perfect. So what? So it can be things you've heard over the preseason, or just general things about your club. What are you excited about? Yes. What are you worried about? Yes. What are you unsure about? Right. I like With that. 45 days ago. How good was the golf last night? Oh, well, there's a text here from Bo. And Bo, if you are listening, I'm going to sling you a couple of prizes. He said this might be the best finish for 2023 already. I think that's uh, hard. It can be hard to beat. They're slugging it out in every forum you can imagine at the moment. But Patrick Reed and Rory McElroy going toe-to-toe over there in Dubai. So, Bo, your text we loved. We'll sling an Oki Melbourne experience of four people valued at 360 bucks. Bit of darts play, share plates, cocktails as well. And uh, a professional sprinters in action, Mentone Reserve, Saturday, 4th of Feb. You know what it reminded me of, Scoop? I haven't seen that much tension on a golf course Here since the final round at Cathedral two years ago. Go. You got Edmund McClure. Oh. Big dogs, newsbreakers. One was at the age. One used to be at the Herald Sun. Sam's playing off 54. Sam, McClure's playing off about 12. <laughs> Just There was no love on that guy. Oh, I threw some tees at him. Tension. Right, you teed him up. Oh, I needed Scoo with me. He's the mayor of Cathedral, basically. Mm. He knows the course intimately. <laughs> I was just hacking my way around there, but I'm uh, happy to survive, Jules. Hey, um, we needed a playoff. Rory spoiled it. He did, actually. Where's his sense of theatre? How was the 15-footer to win? So one three hundred seven three six seven three six is the number you want. Uh, any club you like, those three questions Jules will throw out as, uh, to open up mornings today. So stay with him. He'll be with him until midday before he hands over to the pipe. Been a great day with you, Scoob. Yeah, I've enjoyed. Well, I've enjoyed, enjoyed it immensely. Back, uh, great right. show. Not what you said last week. What's on? What's happening what today? What he says on air is very different to off air. Bit of R and R for you. Yeah, I think I might have a restful day today. All right. Well, I'll see you tomorrow at six o'clock. Uh, rest up, Julian De Stoop is up next.